0: I
1: will tell you how I came to believe in God. Drop it. Duncan and both come correct.
2: Many, many years ago, pre uh, podcasting, um, when I was in my early to mid twenties, I was in a, I was in a metal band, the front of the metal band. And I've said before, I think a lot of my leanings towards doing a podcast come out of the fact that I was a frontman of a band um, and there's like when you have an audience as a f- frontman of a band it's very difficult to give up that um, and so you just try and find other avenues and that's what led me to writing reviews which ultimately led me to doing podcasting but back in the day um, we had this really weird setup, like for, for a band in that um, the very first band that I was in was uh, was with my best friend at the time who played bass and um, you're going to hear like the longer you know me you're going to hear me say friend uh phrases like uh, my friend um of that time which means that they're no longer my friends because
3: i they're hated Which enemies, you,
2: yes. Yeah, once once you fuck me over in any way, you're dead to me. Like let, and that is that's a philosophy. That's not I we usually joke about that. I mean, oh, that's a Scottish no, no no, that's not necessarily the kind of stereotypical Scottish thing. It's very stereotypical <laughs> Duncan though. Like you fuck me off in any way, that's you. You're banished to the the, the, the the purgatory that is the group of friends who used to be kind of close to me that aren't anymore. And um and well, the that's day, not
3: I don't think that's crazy.
2: I mean what, yeah i just it, don't give second chances but i think oh, maybe that's okay, what I, gotcha. I'm you know what i mean i'd like once if you fuck me over that's you so well it, like, but oh, it also mind.
3: depends on how you define fucking you over if it's like son of a bitch mm. I, they had they had enough m&ms for one <laughs> m&m, you M&M mcflurry one <laughs> you one and he took it, and, it and he knew i me. wanted it yeah <laughs> you're banished right like <laughs> and,
2: forever yeah that varies it depends It depends. uh, (laughs) all right depends on the closeness of the
3: friend i get it
2: (laughs) so um so like bass player in the band was my best friend the guitarist in the band was someone i met at college Uh, i was literally looking for a guitarist and one of the guys in my room was uh, in my class had said i think he plays guitar go and ask him and he was a phenomenal guitarist and he played in every band i've ever been in and he was at one point a very close friend of mine once again was a at some point a very close friend of mine um but he lived like where we practiced where we had the practice room uh, to to record our music and practice our music was kind of close for me it was like a 15 minute drive i didn't drive at the time but the bass player did so i would get a lift with him 15 minutes out there but the guitarist lived like in a completely different town across like b- basically a good half an hour's drive from where I lived, and then you had 15 minutes. So it's like 45-minute drive. So his dad would drop him off. His, his dad was elderly man, had retired, a lot older, so they must have had Mark much later. Um, and his dad was like this former, like, paratrooper in the SES, back during the Bad Wars, Bowl, right? <laughs> like, you know, the Bad Wars, which, which make you... Less inclined to be, I don't know, tolerant of other ethnicities. Ah, uh, okay. You see what I mean? Um, and he was just like, he'd, he'd injured himself. He loved Jack. There's things I remember. Like he was like kind of hardcore Christian he loved Sh- jazz music. Sure, most people right. who are really intolerant are. Yep, yep. He loved jazz music, like, was passionate about jazz music, um, and he was a painter. That's what he'd done in his retirement. He would paint painting. he was a beautiful painter. He'd do these pictures for people. Um, but he was also just an angry old man. Just like I'm Hitler, really... Duncan. Great <laughs> painter, full of hate. Yeah, one testicle. I know that story, but... Um, but, like, so, he was just, like, always angry every time i met him he was the angriest man i've ever met and um so he would he would drive poor guy would drive and drop his son off to band practice at 9 p.m at night and we would practice for three hours and finish at midnight right uh and then we would drive to a supermarket which was kind of halfway between where mark lived and where we lived and you know his dad would always be waiting there like <laughs> like at uh, 20 minutes past Midnight, and you'd be pulling beside him, and you would hear that <laughs> jazz music come out of the car. He's in his happy place, and all he wants is his son to get out the car, take his guitar, put it in the boot, and get in the car and drive off. Right? That's that's all he wants. Okay. All, that's all this guy wants in life, right? Um, but inevitably, it was a 24 hour supermarket, so when we would arrive, we would all go in and get something to eat because you know you've just done a band practice, you've been working out, Bo, Uh, you're going to go and get something to eat, a wee sandwich or something. Um, and that would always lead to what DVDs, because that's how old I'm dating this, uh, that's how old the story is. Uh, we would always go and check what DVDs were out, uh, you know, maybe buy a movie or something like that. Um, and this would happen, it happened for months and months and months. And his dad, every time Mark would put the guitar in the back of the car, he would open the door and say, He's done. just going in there and you could see the rage. <laughs> just like, you'd shut the door and you would look over and the, the wee old man's face would start to get red and the steering wheel would get gripped a little bit tighter. Because all this man wants to do is go home. It's fucking 20 minutes past midnight, right? So this one time, I can't remember, it was, just a, it was a complete catastrophe. The band practice, we never... We arrived later than we should have, but there was someone still practising late, so we got an extra 15 minutes tagged on. So it was close to one o'clock by the time we arrived, one in the morning by the time we arrived at the supermarket. And... um I, I promise I'm getting to, like, like, like two very fu- funny, like, punchline stories. There. So we arrive, right. like, about one in the morning. His dad is not happy, right? So, like, like <laughs> the jazz music is doing nothing to soothe the savage soul, right? This man is fucking raging. <laughs> his car, absolutely fucking raging. So we arrive, and, of course, I'm, like, I'm, I've always been, like, parents love me. Right, every every parent of every friend I've ever met has loved me because instant, and I don't know why they come to this, but the instant like theory on Duncan when you meet him first time is he seems like a really well put together, really reliable, trustworthy, well spoken young man. So he's the perfect friend. He's the one that will not lead my son astray. Right. So oh, nice. But I, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I've always got in the back of my head as well. I'm just all. I grew up in a one parent household, so I'm almost always very much aware. You know, respect your parent um, and you'll be conscious of them and that they are doing a lot of things they really shouldn't have to do for your benefit, like drive like and sit. Because like, this is like mobile phones were there, but they weren't like his dad's not got a mobile phone back in you know, like, 2002, right? So his dad has been sitting there, unsure where his son is. For an additional half an hour over what he would usually sit there and wait for his son. So when his son arrives, like and I'm like that, and we're getting out, and Mark's like, we're going in in, in the supermarket. And I'm like, well, maybe we should just like call it a night. It's a bit later. Your dad's, oh, my dad'll be fine. I'm like, I'm, I'm really thinking, like, no, my dad'll be fine. So, like, gets like puts the guitar in the back of the thing, and you can see that his, his dad turns the engine on, <laughs> expectantly thinking he's going to go. And Mark's like that. We're going in the supermarket, Dad. Oh. And you can see the rage, once again, waving over him. This old, poor old man just wants his bed. Wants a wee can of beer. Just wants his bed. Um, so he shuts the door. So we go in and we're wandering around. And of course, it's a supermarket. So it's all glass windows at the front. His dad's parked right outside. So no matter what aisle we go up, whenever we turn around, I can see his dad's car. And the lights on. And like the, the fingers like tapping the top of the steering wheel. And just the rage setting in. The pure, <laughs> <laughs> unmitigated rage so walk up and down and I remember this so clearly because the Robocop trilogy had just been released on DVD so someone had finally put them all together, it's not a great trilogy uh, but like they put them all together in this one box set and Mark was debating whether or not he should buy them I mean, well I'll get them or I'll not get them and this debate went on for too long Right, you either buy or you do not buy, you either accept the fact that one is amazing Two is tolerable and three is bad. Or you just say, I'll just buy Robocop and that's it. But that debate rages on, right? So he's like, oh, so this goes on too long. So we eventually get our sandwiches. We're all walking out. And Mark's got his sandwich. And uh we're like, see you later. So we get in the car, and Grant turns like uh, Grant the baseball turns the thing around like waving over the seat. <laughs> We've now, and just at that we see Mark swing his sandwich in the car and go fuck it, I'm just going to buy that DVD. Dad, I'm going to be back in two minutes. And he shut the door. Oh, no. And he's dying. Oh, and we could hear it. Fucking, ah! <laughs> Start smashing, smashing the steering wheel. So, like, actually, physically, smashing the fuck out the steering Ah! fucking. But the music in the car is not as... <laughs> <laughs> this jazz song you've ever heard while this man fucking loses it, like, starts tearing this car apart, right? So, this is like, hilarious, right? I think this is fucking funny as fuck. Um, but that's not the main punchlight of the story. His dad like, was really, 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 as you can imagine really, really angry. So, the following days dad had to drive him everywhere. Um, his dad had to drive him back into the town that we lived in uh, to drop him off because he was meeting up with friends, right? But they hadn't, uh, all Mark had said to his dad is, I want you to pick me up at like nine o'clock. They hadn't told his dad where he was picking him up. So nine o'clock comes and his dad diligently has driven out to the town that I live in. And he doesn't know where to pick up Mark. And he's like, oh, and he doesn't have a mobile, which gets complicated. So he's like, oh, no. So he drives to the places he thinks his son might be at. Right. So he drives to the local Synanplex. You know, waits for five minutes, walks in. Son's not there. Drives back to that supermarket the night. You know, after the you know the rage incident. Um, His son's not there. Drives to the ten-pin bowling alley. His son's not there. Then drives half an hour back to his house, right, to get in to phone his son's mobile. No one finds well. He have to drive half an hour back out to go and pick up his son. Now. One of the things that made Mark so endearing to me as a friend is that we used to be able to quote movies constantly, and one of our all-time favourite movies, uh, particularly at that time, was American Psycho. So much so that both of us have, as our voicemails on our phones, clips from American Psycho, Right. You follow me here, Paul? I'm with you so far. I'm with you. Right. So my one is very, very funny. It's the actual fake voice recording that Patrick Bateman uses in the movie where it's like, hi, it's Paul. Been called away to London for a few days. Murder for the you? I'll catch you later. Hasta the la vista, baby. Like that, right. So, but like if anyone phones me, looking for me, anyone that has my number, anyone from a company, they don't, the phone for Mr. McLeish or the phone to speak to Duncan, the voicemail says, hi, it's Paul. So it tends to put off cold callers. Mark's one was the entire monologue from the end. <laughs> you know, Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. And it played the full all two minutes. <laughs> all two minutes, right? Like, you know, the full thing, you know. So his dad gets home fucking stressed out. Gets in the house, phones the mobile, gets the answer machine, leaves a message for Mark. So get can't get Mark. So eventually goes back. It drives back into the town, drives around all these places. Eventually finds Mark um, at the cineplex because Mark's been walking around all these places, like un- not understanding why his dad doesn't know where he is. Um, so, and he's tried four in the house, but his dad's now a way back out to pick him up. Uh, so they eventually meet each other. So the following band practice, Mark tells me the story of the conversation in the car, right? So his dad pulls up once again. <laughs> the jazz is on in the car. Mark gets <laughs> in and he's like that. It like instantly doesn't grasp the situation. So sits in the car and the first thing he does is berates his dad for not picking him up the agreed upon place which wasn't agreed upon, right? So right. he's like, where have you been, Dad? You know, we've I mean, been walking about these places looking for you and all the rest. I was there at nine o'clock at the temp in bowling alley and you weren't there. And his dad's like, what? he's just like can't get the sentence out. He's like, what you do you mean you were at the at the t- what, what, and he's like that, why didn't you why didn't you phone me? To understand the venom. Let me just explain like this. He's like that I did fucking phone you, Mark. This is his dad, right? I did fucking phone you, Mark. I got, I driving around every bastard in place in Scotland, looking for you, you wee prickers, driving here and there. I was at the cinema, you're not at the cinema. I drive to the supermarket, you're not at the supermarket. I drive to the ten pin bowling alley, you're not at the ten pin bowling So I had to drive back and get your mother to phone up your mobile because I don't know what number it is and I don't answer it. I don't know. Hello, Mark, and there's this guy talking, it's just a load of sh. Shite! (laughs) Just a load of shite. And Mark sat in silence for half an hour on the way back to the house. Couldn't make eye contact to his dad because he was genuinely concerned. You know how you've seen The Simpsons, Homer Strangles, like Bart? He was convinced his dad would kill him if he came back with any witty comment at all. But when I say the phrase, it's just a load of shite, it's a scottish phrase right it's funny when a scotsman does it when an angry scotsman does it bo it's fucking terrifying so there you go
3: uh well done sir you
2: shit. there
3: <sighs> you go that is uh a a monologist's dream sir uh any young drama <laughs> student can pull that story out <laughs> and what uh... you tell
2: me is it's like the start of reservoir dogs
3: I the was the thinking. Joke. I was thinking more Spalding Gray. Oh, nice! Uh-huh. nice. Kinda uh huh. Kind of classy. Eventual suicide. <laughs> uh... Oh man, his dad is like the angriest
2: man I've ever met. My <laughs> dad once gave him a birthday cake, or the room for. Or <laughs> Can't remember why I was there, but we're in for it. It must have been a big birthday. I think maybe sixty. And um, we were at his house, and they got one of those. Oh, it makes me laugh thinking about it. They got one of those candles that, when you light up, it plays a song. Plays oh, "Happy Sh- Birthday You." <laughs> <laughs> well, that all coming through, singing it. But this candle might be slightly defective, so it's coming through. It's
0: like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Listen, was just, and his dad just looked the most unamused ever. <laughs> Look at this fucking shite candle. Oh it's so angry. He used to uh, greet one of Mark's best friends that used to come around all the time. Whenever he'd come in he with like that, his dad's his dad's name was Davey And whenever he would come in, he'd say, like every single time he would come and say, All right, Davy, and his dad would go, What the fuck do you want? Like that's how he greeted him every single time. He said it was equal measure, like funny and terrifying. (laughs) Because he never knew what sort of mood he was in. Ah, fuck, do you want? There we go. There we are. Well, that might be the longest preamble into an episode of Duncan and Bo.
3: Yeah, and we should stop there so that we can, you know, break it up a little bit. So next week, we (laughs) can have further adventures of Mark's dad. Well, I've got plenty of stories, Bo. Yeah, I mean, like what? What did he do at the zoo? You he know, once,
2: like we were driving up, we were driving up to a, 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 you know the um, traffic lights, and as we were driving up, they cha- they were cha- natural, they were like traffic lights. They changed from green to red, and I swear God, they got to stop the car. And went, oh, lump of fuck! Like that, so there you go. Lump, lump
3: of fuck,
2: lump of fuck. No one swears like the Scots, man. Honestly, but yeah, that's how he described it. Angry at the traffic lights for changing. Yeah, you know I mean, that's like that's like like being angry that raining. Like it's out with your control. You might as well accept that it. it'll pass. So there you go.
3: Oh man. I'm laughing at he was he was angry <laughs> What's tickled you here? It's he was angry at the traffic lights for changing. Yeah. Oh yeah. like, wait, yeah. like his right. face was
2: beetroot in color. That's how angry he was that the traffic lights had changed. Yeah. <laughs>
3: oh wow oh man that that did tickle me um <laughs> folks welcome to Duncan a Bo go to mark's dad Well, <laughs> no, you don't want to do that yeah let's
2: well, not, not um, get out alive we're barely getting through this season but we don't want to well, it could be a mercy kill so i don't know
3: yeah right just put us down like old yeller uh yeah, speaking of, hey folks, thanks for hanging with us. Uh I know a lot of people are enjoying the, the show more than ourselves, but I will I will say the the feedback I, I've seen uh suggests that none of what we are saying has been wrong. There's no <laughs> there's no accusations of fake news here or nothing. Like everyone agrees Hey, yeah. this ain't Prime X-Files, but... Yeah,
2: I, I think I may have misrepresented The Witch slightly in the previous episode, when he said, like, I, he clarified his statement, because I was like that, Witch says is the best episode of the season, and I just don't get it. And which is like, I, well, no, I said it was a good episode, I liked it, it reminded me of Supernatural, um, but I didn't say it's a great episode of The X-Files. I was like, alright, I can, I can live with that, because it's not. <laughs> it really wasn't. Um... So, yeah, so let me, maybe maybe slightly, I, yeah, I don't know of anyone that has come back and told me they are enjoying the X-Files. I know plenty of people that are enjoying what we're doing, which is marginally talking about the X-Files and mostly talking about movies I've watched and stories about Mark's dad. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sticking with us. We are so close to the finishing line. I can almost taste it both
3: yeah oh and it tastes very sweet and and like people are already talking about Westworld, Mm. and and i think we're both right there with you yeah Uh, yeah can't
2: wait we need that break (laughs) well let's not let's we need that break in between just to decompress and get yuck off us um that x-file stank needs to come off us but then we are 100 percent in the zone for some Westworld. And, oh, what delights it. It teases us with Bo. I can't wait. But, yeah, two episodes of the X-Files to go. And have no fear, ladies and gents. They set up such a monumental story arc in the first episode and hinted into the second episode of this season that you know they will close strong by fleshing it out over the last two episodes of the season. You no need to worry that they'll do what they did in the previous season which is set up a big story and then not touch it to the last episode. That'd be silly, bro.
3: Yeah. I mean, why repeat the mistakes of the past? Uh, yeah, I I'm, I am with you. I am so glad that they didn't do just a monster of the week episode <laughs> that had nothing to do with nothing. Uh, we're not worried about apocalypse. eye, we're not worried about, we're not worried about the shitty kid. We're not worried about nothing except yep. for Age. whether or not Mulder and Scully are going to get down to a little more fucking, finally.
2: Yeah, geriatric fucking. Because they're old, Bo. Don't know if you know that.
3: Yeah, it ain't the bed that's creaking, Duncan. It's <laughs> rickety old actor bones. <laughs> and oh, Julian oh. Anderson. Um, <laughs> she is... She is in in good shape. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just between the two of them, you look at David Duchovny, and he is minute by minute in front of your eyes becoming a basset hound.
1: It,
2: yeah, but I He's think, I think that has a lot to do when he did Californication. I'm fairly sure when he was doing that season, he was getting a lot of Botox. So
3: oh, okay. And this is I just think there, there are certain seasons now. where his
2: face looks a bit too smooth. <laughs> So,
3: let's open an X file on my face, Scully. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to
2: raise an eyebrow. <laughs> he can't do it though because his face is stuck.
1: Right, um, right.
3: He does that, and his lip goes to the left. <laughs> All the muscles are mixed up, Duncan. <laughs> uh, oh, oh dear. So. So, this is uh, not uh, Duncan and Bo go to Mark's dad. That was a jokey joke. You get a lot of those here on this show, which is actually called uh, Duncan and Bo go to the X-Files, which is actually called Duncan and Bo come correct. Um, Yeah, you got to go back a few episodes and it all kind of makes sense. Um, Mostly. At any rate. Uh, So, here we are. This is the penultimate episode uh and I, for one, am excited by that notion that there's only forty-two, forty-three minutes uh of of dumb old season eleven X Files to trudge through before we can get onto Westworld and pray to God. I mean, how could it not be better? How could it not?
2: Well, if if it's not bo, then I think we can be safe in the knowledge that God hates us.
3: I mean, I'm already a step ahead of you, but go on.
2: <laughs> because at this stage now, I am. we were speaking slightly off air before the, the preamble, that I think we're going to come down in slightly different positions on this episode. And I don't necessarily, I'm just going to state up front that I don't necessarily think anything you're going to say is wrong. I just think that my resolve has been weakened too much at this stage that I'm almost going into these episodes looking to pick a fight. Um, yeah,
3: I yeah, I, I had that moment in the episode as well. And then I, I gave myself over to it, Duncan, at a yeah. certain point. I, I said, you know what, dumb old X-Files? You're a dumb old stupid show now. And I'm just going to enjoy you for being the stupidest of the stupid. And yeah. it's like, uh, at one point... I've been watching a little The Kingdom uh, of late, yeah, yeah, and it's like old X Files. Is Doctor Hook, you know, mm-hmm. the the kind of responsible uh, young doctor that uh, is mostly okay, right? He's he knows what's going on for the most part,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it has become the kids in the kitchen. Or the dishwashers, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the show we're dealing with now. One that's not operating on the up and up or with all cylinders, Duncan. Mm-hmm. And and so on that level, uh I, I've come to appreciate somewhat. It's uh I don't know, maybe Chris Carter has finally won me over. We'll we'll get to the show in a minute. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. I'm building up because I don't like it that much really. It's just you're like it's just... Oh, okay, that was better. Yeah. <laughs> um that was better than Mr Fucklechumps.
2: <laughs> Mr. Fucklechumps. Mr. Mr. Fucklechumps,
3: Fuckle Chumps. won't you play with me? No.
2: <laughs> you don't want that?
3: I'm Harvey Fucklechumps. <laughs> Here to remind you that at Fucklechumps Furniture. All this Memorial Day. (laughs) Dynette sets are 30% off and you can get a Chase lounge tacked on for free.
2: (laughs) I know what you're thinking. I'm crazy. Yes. Yes, I am.
3: (laughs) Crazy like a fuckle chump. (laughs) Get your ass on a fuckle chump. (laughs) Fuckle (laughs) chump furniture. Four locations in the greater... Saginaw area.
2: <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad that we played the ad for our new sponsor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing live reads now. as um, yeah, <laughs> yeah if you stick with us long enough. The the ratings and iTunes have been so so strong that we have now got the backing of Fuckle Chumps furniture. Um and they're they're pristine brand of furniture, which can can only be described as luxurious, if at times a bit confusing.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, if you've never been confused by furniture, visit the <laughs> Fuckle Chumps website. Yeah. Uh, which is strangely Fucklechumps.onion.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Remember on hashtag fuckaduckadooda. Uh, and <laughs> If but you've seen their ads, you know. You know. Yeah, you get ten percent off.
3: Yeah, fuck a duncle duda. Rolls off the tongue. Uh huh. It's part of a folk song in the neighborhood <laughs> where iTunes <laughs> is most most popular. <laughs> oh, oh, you can't. Swing a dead mongoose around that neighborhood <laughs> without hearing fuck a duckle doodah. Yeah. Yeah. Very popular. Uh, <laughs> hey, so uh, on this show, we like to begin <coughs> very seriously mm-hmm. with uh, a, a bit of a look at, at what we've been watching lately, both good and bad. And Duncan. Yes. Uh, what have you been watching, sir? I, I'm I'm curious. I've been I know one thing you've been watching that you recommended to me, and I got on board that train. Mm-hmm. Um, but any anything else? Are you hiding something from me, you son of a bitch?
0: <laughs> so so
2: <coughs> aggressive. Uh, so so yeah, I've been watching a couple of bits and bobs that I'll I'll kind of shortlist. Um, watched the commuter with Liam Neeson.
3: Oh my god, that sounds like a, a modern day Liam Neeson movie. If I yeah, had to so make up a, a, the name, <laughs> if you didn't tell me what the name of the movie was, and like, give me Liam Neeson, he's probably out for vengeance. Yep. What is the name of that movie? And I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, the fucking commuter. Yep, he's on he's on a train. <laughs> this day. oh like dark territory okay
2: yeah so he's, he's just that uh, he travels using the same train every single day and then he's um uh, what's her face uh from the conjuring the one that plays the the female warden
3: oh uh, uh vera formiga yeah vera formiga's in it i don't know what
2: they held over her clearly like sex pics or something to get right. they
3: hacked her iphone yeah yeah so
2: she she sits down with him and basically says that there's uh she wants to play a game with him (laughs) very you know jigsaw-esque uh that there's someone on the train that shouldn't be and he has a certain amount of time to work out what is and if he does he gets a lot of money but it's more sinister and yeah it's not a good movie it's not a good movie and I read lots of reviews with people going, <clears throat> "It's surprising." It's not surprising. It's like it's cliche to to the point of just like tedium. Oh, I, I saw everything, the, everything coming like a good five ten minutes before it happened. Um, Nees- it, Neeson does not look like he wants to even be there now. Um, Vera Firmingo looks like she's having the ball. Weirdly enough. She's all smiley and happy and stunning in that movie as well. She's very, very attractive. But it's not a very good movie. So that's my bad. <laughs> like, the Commuter is a movie worth skipping. Like, if the opportunity arises, skip that motherfucker. Um,
3: I've talking got a about very movies, particular uh, set of rail passes. Yep. <laughs> Look, you're going to be inconvenienced. <laughs> People will come on board this train.
2: Don't they, will be, push and shove. they will be listening to their iPods loudly in the quiet section. Someone may even spark up a cigarette in a no-smoking zone.
3: Don't panic. Uh yeah, alright. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: just uh, yeah, and uh, like I would say if you're a fan of no brain neeson movies i would skip this one even on that it's just not good it's just not a good movie at all and it has a fairly decent cast i, I don't get it i don't get it at all um but yeah so it is it's not the good one in terms of the good there's only one movie that i really want to talk about um and that is a movie which is actually quite old. Uh, but I watched it for a show that I, I originally set up to make a guest appearance on. And it's then called it Birth and- of a Nation. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, sorry. I, I, I kinda. Um, oh. it's not really but wait to hear it uh, I, I was all set to appear on um, the Hail Ming Power Hour, and then like at the last minute things didn't line up quite right so I won't appear on that episode but everyone needs to check out that episode because it could be one of the finest comedies that's ever been made in the history of man that they're covering and I genuinely do not know how they'll be able to put that episode out without throwing an explicit tag on it, because it's impossible. Uh, but I, they covered, and I, I watched for that show, a little movie called Fear of a Black Hat. Oh, right. Okay. It's like one of the greatest comedies ever made. So it's basically, for people that have never heard of Fear of a Black Hat, um, it is the rap equivalent of Spinal Tap. So it's basically the it's the same sort of format. Um so it's like this is Spinal Tap, but they're following a band called NWH, um, and all the characters are, you know, parodies of uh, other rappers around the time. Uh, so the the lead the lead front man is Ice Cool. Um, so you, you get all these things. But NWH stands for N word expletive that I won't say with hats, right? Instead of well budget. done, well done. Uh, thank you. Um, And it is just... I, I, I might go as far as to say I actually prefer it over this Spinal Tap. I know that's sacrilegious, but...
3: Um, that's crazy. I don't even prefer that to CB4. I think CB4 is the funnier parody.
2: I don't th- I I think... Nah, I think Beaver Black Hat nails it perfectly I, I
3: haven't watched in years i should go back and watch it,
2: you I should guess. i think I, I, it's another movie very much like um like Anchorman like we were talking about earlier where with time that only the movie only gets funnier and the references only get funnier especially if you grew up like i someone commented a couple of weeks ago that i quoted cypress hill and that's because I listened to Cypress Hill when Cypress Hill was out. You know what I mean? I, I I was an angsty teenager and, yeah, Cypress
3: Hill Look put uh, some stuff. Up, on a program, <laughs> open up another flat joint if you want. And
2: sorry. To see, and Bode did as well. And that's because culturally that's what you listen to when you were growing up. If you were a teenager, that's what you listen to. Um, you listen to some Cypress Hill. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so I, I grew up with that and, it, you know, NWA was but it was my big it was more of a Big Brother's thing, but yeah, I remember all that stuff at the time, and it's weird how just oh my god, like the references to you know like New Jack City, they like just loads of it. Th- it's full of it, and they go the full spectrum, so no one is safe. No one is safe in the movie. I think that's what's amazing about it, and I think it might be one of the most quotable movies of all time as well. Like almost every line in that is something that especially if you know someone that has seen that movie you could speak almost all day and nothing but quotes from fear of a black cat i think it's i think it's phenomenal Uh, so that's the movie that i you know i'm touting as my if you've never seen it before do yourself a favor if you like comedies and you like rap music (laughs) check out fear of a black cat um
3: however i have to say what i took away from all of that was that i need to watch new jack city again New Jack
2: City is phenomenal.
3: Yeah, I, as soon as I, and and I also further thought I want to see the Scottish remake of New Jack City because <coughs> hearing uh, like a true Scot say, "This ain't business, bitch. This is personal." I feel like would have some real weight to it, much like Mark's dad.
2: I I just I don't I don't think we could get away with calling someone G money in Scotland. I just don't think that nah, work.
3: Well, Do you call him S money then? Whatever S, S money for Scotland. <laughs> See, it'll the the natives will love it there. But but give it give me a little bit like give give me a the, you know and the true like I ice tea. This ain't this ain't business, bitch this is personal. <laughs> As a Scotsman saying it?
2: Yeah. Oh, this isn't business, bitch. This is personal. Yeah,
3: maybe Thinks not. you still want
2: to see it? No. Nah.
3: Nah, Honestly. don't think
2: so. doesn't try to, right. the same reason that Baz is adamant on my show that he can't say anything aggressive that involves, <laughs> involves the word bitch because it just sounds like he's being overtly sassy. The Bitch. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> Right. That, like, like that's how it comes out it's weird it's there's two things that scott scotsman should never do uh one of them or two things that the scottish should never do one is starring porn reproduce not porn sorry porn is bad scottish porn is awful <laughs> oh yeah it's
3: just pasty people <laughs> slamming no, that's together. not I
2: mean. like you could be attractive and and like well endowed and and all that starring in porn but as soon as you open your mouth Oh, That's when it. it turns to shit. That's when it turns to shit. No people like that. Oh, it's such a sexy act. Oh, I'm gonna have a wee come. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm going to have a wee come. There you <laughs> yeah. go. There you go. Um, like the Scottish people just have horrible like colloquial terms for for everything. So it just it wouldn't work. Uh, and the second thing is starring gangster movies <laughs> like like. It'll diminish your returns greatly if you have a Scotsman in your gangster movie. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Play hard men well but not gangsters. Um, But yeah, like, legitimately Fever Black Hat, great movie. New Jack City, fucking great movie. Like that's that's a movie that doesn't get discussed enough. I don't understand why. Wesley
3: Snipes is a phenom
2: in that movie. Like Incredible.
3: Oh, Judd Nelson is kind of fun mm. in that movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a bit I have a a little bit of a weak spot for him because of Breakfast Club, obviously. But oh, of course, yeah. You know, I always want to like I'm rooting for him because I, you know, he was in <laughs> a lot of Asylum movies, Duncan. <laughs> um,
2: and the may have fallen. Um, I don't.
3: I don't know that he deserved it. Is what I'm saying. I are I, nice shittier actors. Yeah. I mean, well, let's. <laughs> Let's not start petitioning for the the star on the Walk of Fame just yet. But I'm just saying, like as a character actor, a bit actor in movies, would oh, he's been phenomenal. Fun. Yeah, I think yeah.
2: he does it really, really well. Like he always, he usually delivers one or two lines that, once again, are the lines you quote with your friends after watching the movie.
3: Right, right
2: and he, that's what you is, that's what you need in a bit character. A bit character should be someone that's how you know you've you've cast that well and cast poorly. If people can't remember that character being in that movie, cast poorly. Um
3: yeah, he's got a little bit of a swagger and kind of can can deliver a, a a line well and is, you know, kind of cool white guy. Yeah. That's probably his niche. Uh anyway, let's Get away from the oeuvre of Jud Nelson, <laughs> yeah, um, so, uh, so- the auteur <laughs> <laughs> Judd Nelson,
2: <laughs> the star on the Walk of Fame. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> like so that, that's that's the big thing that I wanted to talk about. Out with the fact that both of us are now watching a TV show, which um, is on Netflix at the moment. I'm two episodes in. Can't recommend it enough. It's a fascinating story, one I had never
3: heard of before. Uh, i have actually like when it took me about 15 minutes into the first episode yeah before i was like oh right i i know this story yeah but not in this level of detail like i'm not trying to front that i'm ahead of it yeah Uh, yeah I, i mean i i'm totally i'm totally
2: aware that i didn't like I'm I'm Scottish. I don't know about like these small pockets. I, I I'm fairly sure it was probably well reported as well. Um it, but yeah, it made even the news a time when frame I, was when I would have been a bit too young to to, to really kind of grasp um what was going on. But it's a fascinating story. The the series is a docu series. I think it's six episodes in length, but each episode is about an hour and 5 minutes long. So it's like some meat, real meat on the bones here. Uh, and it's called uh, it's Wild Wild Country. That's right, isn't it? I was going to say Wild Wild West, and then I had the Will Smith song stuck in Wild, my head. Wild Wild West.
3: Myself. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, Wild Wild yeah. Country produced by the Dupless Brothers that we that's are both what, fans of.
2: That's what sold it to me initially. So I saw the trailer.
3: And so it appeared on Netflix, like
2: as it does, you know, like you get like a little notification that says a new thing for you and all the rest. And you usually get to see the trailer. And I clicked in and watched the trailer, and I thought the trailer looked really interesting. Uh, but when the Duplass brothers name came up, I was like, ah, right, I need to watch this. I was about halfway through the first episode and I sent you a message saying, right, this needs to not only be on your radar, but this needs to be put up your list. Um, you
3: sent up the cold arms. The flare <laughs> went up. Put up the bow signal in the sky. <laughs> um, <laughs> Say, old chum, I'm here because you called. <laughs> Is that your Adam wild, West Wild, wild country, you say? Your <laughs> your 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 Adam West is
2: dangerously moving into Shat territory. <laughs> I mean Is the really
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> The only difference like the, like basically you say that William Shatner was the Canadian Adam West, because that would make me very happy. <laughs>
3: yeah I'm good with that i think I think Adam West had the benefit of being a bit more self aware yeah but like Adam West always struck me as a real cool guy yeah yeah and and Shatner as the more I hear about him, like I told the the older story he get yeah yeah, yeah, like having a conversation about the Donnas that got overheard, and you're like, uh oh, Shatner seems like he's probably a pretty cool old old dude
2: yeah i think I think the older Shatner gets the more he's just very much aware of who he is. You know I mean? yeah
3: and and cool with it and a cool way. yeah yeah that there's an element of camp he doesn't have to take himself seriously anymore.
2: yeah yeah i, I think uh, yeah i think like i think you're you're spot on i think it, so that this series anyway is um so i, I thought I, the, the trailer looked very cool but i thought you know yeah we, we watch a trailer for something like this feels kind of very stylized um, and i wonder if that's just them selling this and the documentary is shot beautifully, and I love, like, there's just so many, like, small attentions to detail, whether it's the, how they introduce characters, the particular kind of ye olde style font that they use, the Wild Wild West sort of font that they use to introduce characters, but the story itself, and, it, like, I obviously know very little. I know roughly how it ends, and it's not good. <laughs> ends with a woman in hiding, Um but I, you know, I know next to nothing about. It. I'm more familiar with things like Jonestown, which you know the episode two referenced, and you can see why yeah. things were. But I, I think it's, I think it's instantly riveting, and I love yeah. docu series like this. That you know it will grab my attention. It did make me realise though that conservative uh, Christian America has like people talk about it like, kind of ramping up. I think it's just always been shitty. Like, I think it's just always been innately shitty. I think, like, old people in your country ruin everything. Um, sure, sure. So um, state-sponsored kind of euthanasia. So like, how old are you? 70, right? What Step into the booth. Uh, like I the, think... The Futurama. Uh, no,
3: here's how you do it, Duncan. Because <laughs> the show itself is the answer. Mm-hmm. Where you say we the government puts up a fake town mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle of Wyoming. <laughs> and you say the population is 38 and that it's a uh, 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 big claim to fame is that it's just full of retirees who just, we got to get away from everything, god damn It's it. a full and, town
2: the world for Brimley's. It really is. That's the first and, thing that came to my head. Every single character that you're introduced to him like that, you are well Brimley.
3: Yeah, it's well, out here on the range, just riding around, goddammit. <laughs> just us and Jesus out here riding out in the nature. And, and <laughs> Brimley <town>. but <laughs> Population, goddammit. <laughs> None of your business, goddammit. That's a population. <laughs> Population,
2: God damn it Oh, that's a t-shirt. That is a t-shirt. Welcome to Brimley That's Town. also a great sci-fi show. Someone make that happen.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, it's amazing.
3: But, but yeah. So what you do is you 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 just send up the the call to arms to old people who just want to get away from everything because the world's changing and mm. scary. Except when they move there it just warps them to another dimension or some shit. Like, we use them to experiment with interdimensional travel. Yeah, like, test nu- nuclear
2: weapons again or something.
3: Whatever, just like, <laughs> let's have them be of service to the country one last time. <laughs> <That's> you know? <laughs>
2: That's a Bill Hicks thing, isn't
3: it? <laughs> there, There's an era that yeah, he had a bit about the uh, like Gladiators or something? The, no, it was uh, using old people <laughs> for stuntmen that's right do, do you want to see them like, your, freely want, picking
2: up or do you want to see her in the movies
3: yeah <laughs> how would your grandma like to meet Chuck Norris
1: <laughs> oh Bill Hicks oh. but yes yeah, so I
2: I think I, I, I think it's I don't know what your opinions like are i'm I'm assuming you're digging. I, I just think it's a one it's they've obviously they've captured a really interesting story two I like the way they're setting things up even just two episodes into I like the way they're like rolling out the story and we're starting to like the first one is really just the ascension of the key players, and in the second episode the first character we're introduced to is the district attorney and you're like all right. <laughs> I get a feeling that we're going to need to know a lot more about him,
3: um, right? Yeah, Swami, whatever. You know. Yeah, Swami Fucklechuck, who, um, who only calls the Bhagwan Rajneesh Osho, yes, exclusively because yes. the name changes anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like crazy. It's, it really,
2: it really is. But I think what they've done really, really well uh, from the interim. It's put forward, you know, like, like, I've always said, like, any documentary, any good documentary should start with a question, and at the end of it, you should try and answer your question by either saying, yeah, it's the answer that we thought it was, or, you know... It's, you know, it's not the answer we thought. Look at all this information we have mined on the way to there. Uh, and there's always going to be a degree of personal bias or should be in a good documentary because no one can go in fully objective. I think that you you need a you need a degree. If it's too biased, then it's it's not worth watching. But if you go in with that degree of personal bias um, and you can be... A swayed, perspective, a voice. Yeah, you can be swayed one way or the other. By the outcome, I find those fascinating. What I find great about this documentary is that it is not evident. Out we're telling the story where they're going to land, but very, very quickly, some battle lines have been drawn out. And one of those battle lines, uh, you know, from from very early on in that second episode, was look at the part the media played into this. Look at the time frame it happened. Look how close it was to Jonestown. And look at these old Christian. You know, conservative white people who don't like like when they're talking about yeah, they're you know when they're 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 happy and dancing in the street to no music, they find something bad about that, and I'm like, fucking hell, you know what I mean? Just like right, I, when you yeah, get, but
3: also I, it, I I like I agree at at heart I am just for the sake of clarity for listeners who are not familiar with this story. Yeah. What happened was there was a town called Antelope, Oregon that had a population of 40 goddamn it. 40 and God. yeah. and it filled with uh old mostly old retirees. Yeah. It's like one store, one church. Um they all have ranches. They're just kind of hanging out. They want to get away from the, the travails of the modern world mm-hmm. and just kind of live out in nature, out in peace. Everybody there is, I mean, it's a very homogenous community, but every, everything's harmonious. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, a, a, a religious group ish, but also <laughs> cult, um, <laughs> around this guy named the Bhagwan Rajneesh. Uh, who who was his philosophy was taking Eastern uh sort of yogic practices, yeah spiritualism, and marrying the those. It, so right, kind of Eastern spiritualism and marrying that with the science of the West, and it was called the uh, what the human empowerment movement, something mm-hmm. like that. And at any rate, so they were uh, set up originally in India. They were kind of outgrowing it. They couldn't get. Uh, land big enough in India. So they kind of steal away in the middle of the night to get into the United States yeah. where they start purchasing, uh, or they purchase a big ranch where they're going to build this big commune, but it's ultimately their ideas. They're going to create their own city here, mm-hmm. which they start to do. And it's the conflict between these two ideologies the suspicion, at least initially on the side of the talents people, but things start to escalate. Like, bo- yeah. both sides are, no one here is the good guy. It's just, it, it, yes, it's riveting, it's fascinating. I totally find myself sympathizing more with, like, Sheila and the you know the followers yeah that will that'll, that'll, that'll pivot prestige. at
2: some point i'm fully aware that's going to pivot at some point but i just i, th- I find it i find the perspective of showing how they were portrayed from the interim the interesting part there's a great line where um a reporter talks about how fanatical they are that they will stand and watch their you know their their god their deity or whatever um every day drive out in a, a Rolls Royce, drive past in a car, and they're all cute to see him. And I thought, the pop <laughs> Literally what people do with the Pope. Like, yeah, it's it, the numbers. arguments.
3: <laughs> right. The, the arguments that, like, it's a crazy religion. It's yeah. like, well, show me one that isn't.
2: Yeah, it's when they link you it know. to Jonestown. Um, and they're like that. Well, well actually,
3: if we're going to be, you know, pedantic well, about but things Jim Jones was a Christian
2: wasn't
3: he? <laughs> right but also but the, you know obviously the comparison isn't necessarily the religious part of it yeah it's the, it's the unwavering devotion his people have to him yeah and that's where things get dangerous is when someone and you know whether or not he had the best of intentions or not yeah. The the fact is that if you are constantly surrounded by people telling you how how miraculous you are. Yeah. At a certain point you start to get the cray craze.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but but, that, but that's true of it's true of any organized religion. <laughs>
3: like, yeah, no. I'm not any, yes, absolutely. any organized
2: religion. That's why priests diddle kids. <laughs> It's but I mean, thing. they're surrounded by a community that adore them. That's the,
3: the difference between the Pope and Jim Jones is that the Pope as yet has not asked his followers to kill themselves.
2: No, but it has asked them to kill a lot of people. Maybe sure. not the current Pope, but if you go back right, in history, not... popes have declared war, popes have sided. popes have anointed kings, popes have backed rulers, uh, popes have backed dictators uh, popes have financed wars. <laughs> like the Vatican is yeah, financed I mean... They've burned people the, for not believing in, in, in a god. Uh, they've tried witches. Um you know, so, I mean the
3: Crusades were not not <laughs> about religion.
2: No. <new. laughs> you know, like yeah, it was about some gold and uh, reclaiming of some holy ground. And that's you know there's so yeah, well what I'm saying is to, to quote the old bible here to <laughs> put a point like he without sin cast the first stone bow sure uh, of course oh of- yeah and i think that's what's interesting but uh, now i am fully aware that i don't know the internet, and of where things go and i know at some point i'm going to be like that oh yeah this is just you know that's the point you jump the shark uh, you know right but the
3: but the argument for the the religion itself of like hey we're gonna take the smartest ideas Mm -hmm. from experts in the field of like, how do we make a self-sustaining, you know, nature based city where we can live in harmony and actually execute on that is really impressive. And everyone's intentions. Yeah. And everyone's intentions, like one thing that's super weird. And and this is where I relate (laughs) to the people of antelope very well. Is where it's like, they're all wearing orange, it looks weird, then the movie comes out, and it's like, yeah, I mean, like, I get the whole uh, therapy of, hey, we're just gonna go fucking ape shit, and then we're gonna meditate, and, like, I can see the psychological value of that, actually, but if you're an outsider, and you see that, and then there's also a bit of a, a fuck pit... Something we'll get to later when we talk about the X-Files. Yeah. But but I'm saying, if you see that and you're like, that's going on right down the road and we're old Christians. Yeah. And we just, like, all we wanted to do was get away from shit like this. Yeah, well, well, don't
2: sell the land to them then. This is the thing that annoys me about, this is the thing that annoys me, annoys me the older I get as well, is that people moan, Like people, like like people, I'm not trying to aim this at Americans because there's plenty of them over here. Um, People vehemently defend the rights that they have, but at the same time complain when those rights are extended to others in a capacity that doesn't please them. You can't have it it both ways. You either have them
3: or you don't. It's the messiness of a free society. Yes where we can we can brush up against each other in a lot of different ways and this is just really unfortunate because the two ideologies couldn't be more incompatible yeah yeah and, uh, I, I imagine and... the
2: the real estate or you know the realtor that sold the land didn't say that at the time
3: <laughs> oh,
2: oh, <laughs> by sure. these by these 100 acres of rolling hillsides you know uh, uh, some things i've got to clear but up also front, you know fanatical and, yeah, christians but... um
1: <laughs>
3: But also, these people uh, moved in with the, under the the premise that we just want this uh, like uh, agrarian commune, yeah. And and so the fact that suddenly it was becoming a city
1: mm-hmm.
3: was also on on the part of the the Bagwans people. Oh yeah, that was that was really deceptive. Mm-hmm. And if it had just been. Like eighty people out on this farm. I think
2: it would it have been probably more have been fine. I think, like,
3: I I, don't I think
2: if it had been eighty for that, na- I think Waco. Like, that's that's what I th- that's what kind of, like trump through my head. Like when I think,
3: I but think, they didn't have guns, so that's what that's what got Waco stirred up was, and also reports of abuse and and you know oh, as of this still, point in the, the story, documentary, dude. the guns like, that like that. You're, you're uh, yeah, I know those those are coming.
2: Yeah. Which once again, you know, right to bear arms. I'm just saying you, if you have these rules in place, but if you have these if you have these things, like freedom to religion and all if you have these things about you can't complain when people exercise them. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. yeah or right. if you do
2: want to complain, change them.
3: <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. And and the 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 move was and they get into this a bit in the uh second episode. Of like, hey, when Sheila comes to your house and says, "I'm gonna pay you market value for your home right now, yeah, and you can just leave, yeah, because we're not going anywhere, uh. there's more of us than there are of you, we're giving you fair market value and and you can go wherever you want and and live your life as you as you please, I mean, in a free capitalist society, that is the solution, yeah. They, it truly is. It's it's take the money and run, move somewhere else, and if a crazy uh, commune moves in again and tries to buy you out, that sucks, but you're just an unlucky individual, apparently. <laughs> so. so <laughs> they just keep following me everywhere I go. They just keep like, fucking A, I can't. Like, one time it was a cult that worshipped rabbits. Another time... It was all cucumber based, <laughs> and I don't know. I had to move again. I swear to God, I heard somebody the other day talking about the benefits of weasel piss. And <laughs> That's starting to scare me because people were listening.
2: Oh, it, it, I, just, I find these things, I find these things infinitely fascinating, um, and like I say, I think. I like, from what I've seen, I like, I've only seen two episodes thus far, but I think they've nailed the for. Like, Netflix are really good at nailing that format of the the kind of docu-series. I think the... Oh, specifically when thinking of the one they did on uh, that nun that died, which is Escaping Me Now, which was excellent. Oh, uh,
3: The Keepers? The Keepers, yeah. The Keepers was phenomenal.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it was Very dark, good. but, you know... I, I thought the, the the work they did at that was great. Um, you know, making a murderer is obviously the one that like kicked it all off and set the the kind of precedent for them tackling something which up until that point was more known as being an HBO sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're really doing well with them. Uh, the, the recent one on uh, was a dirty money the series i thought was was excellent as well so i think this one's my if they keep bringing one of these out every couple of months i'm going to be happy i can sit down i get to learn a little something but at the same time i get to see things from different perspectives from different people um and it's an interesting time period because this is happening it did happen very close to you know it's post jonestown um and you can see the ripples of that are very much at the forefront of the consciousness of um not only the media but politicians and the, the public so yeah I, I i think it's going to be really really good i'm, I'm chuffed that you're watching it as well because i get the feeling next time we record one of these we'll probably both be finished and we'll be
3: able yeah, to kind of
2: sum it all up and, and you're enjoying it yeah
3: yeah, I'm having a great time with it. Uh, I, you know, I, I, the only reason I stopped watching it last night was because it was late.
2: Yeah, long and, episodes. Like, it is really almost feature documentary, um, for each episode. <laughs> you still like there's yeah. no forty. It's no X Files. Um, it's you know like a full hour and five minutes per episode.
3: Um, um, I I remember some of the stuff that goes down when the Rajneesh's people get armed. Oh, right. And and I remember some of that stuff being really just kind of scary. Like again, I I know that the the people of Antelope are not what you would call progressive. Yeah. But there's also a certain point where it's like, yeah, what if you are kind of picking a fight with a group of people that outnumber you? Yep. And then they just decide you need to go. Yeah. And that shit gets kind of scary.
2: Yeah. I, I, um, as, as, yeah. As, as, as building, as building, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, what about yourself? Like, what's the, obviously, I watched Morbid Mondays, so I've caught up with a bit of bow, a bit of bow, sweet, sweet bow action, but, um, uh, the listeners that may have not checked out yet what you've been doing listeners um what what you've been checking out
3: uh thank you for that plug um <laughs> That's what I do, so yeah you do good work um so hey uh that was really the good thing i watched recently um let me get into the bad thing i watched <laughs> and it's not really bad it's just it was a disappointment
2: oh no it's even worse
3: and that is the film Dunkirk.
2: Oh, Ray, I've not watched that yet.
3: And and I'll tell you, let's just, it's the written and directed by Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. It is, of course, the very famous and inspiring tale of uh, the the French and, and English soldiers uh, pushed into the the beach of Dunkirk by the Axis forces in World War Two. They've been driven to the sea. Uh, and and there's no way to rescue them in time mm-hmm. before the Axis forces just kind of pick them off you know and and uh the uh the isle of britain rallied together and and sent boats uh civilian ships to help ferry the the soldiers back home
1: mm-hmm.
3: and and it's an inspiring story it's a wonderful story it uh it and on a technical level there's nothing wrong with this movie. Yeah. It it looks great. Uh it's uh it beautifully shot. Um I I didn't really care for the the Hans Zimmer score this time around. All right. Uh a couple of times in, in fact I thought it was really distracting. Um I'll say the Tom Hardy storyline is very cool. Mm-hmm. I wish the movie had kind of just been that uh because it it was sort of an untold story i don't even know how true it is probably not but you know it, the the i don't want to spoil it but his arc through the uh the film is quite good and uh and it's tom hardy and tom hardy's awesome so that's good i'll tell you the problem with the movie for me and what what made it disappointing was that the film wasn't emotionally engaging mm-hmm. and I feel like it's such an emotional story of the soldiers who are just battered by battle waiting there to die and because that's what's going to happen if the ships can't get to them. And every time the ships get close enough, then, uh, Axis planes roll around and bomb the ships. Yeah. And you know, like I mean, these people were were waiting to die, and and the the fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters who had a boat got the fuck in their boat and went and rescued their uh, their their. Loved ones and and just soldiers, strangers, rescued strangers from a beach in the middle of a goddamn war, mm. and that ought to be inspiring and heroic and all that stuff. And there's so much of the movie that feels like it ought to be that, but just isn't because it's too mechanical. Well, that's you know?
2: literally how I've like you're you're describing to me a lot of what I have heard from friends that have seen it is that mm. technically. You know, it's it's from from a kind of a visual perspective, and the from a filmmaking point of view, you know, it's it's grand and it's ambitious and all these things. But from a storytelling point of view, it's a it's robotic. You know, there is no hook into it, um, and it, like flat is a word I've heard a lot. About that movie, from people that I've seen it not in a cinema. I've heard that if you've seen it in a cinema, uh, you know, just to, uh, but the way it has been described to me is the sounds are what you know jar you of the world. Yeah, we're in. the sound design
3: yeah. is great. I mean, I've got a nice five point one, mm. and even in that environment, it was like that. It again on that level, it's real good. Yeah. And then when people start saying things and doing things. <laughs> It becomes a bit more disappointing you know like there's one kid that just gets hit in the fucking head early on in the movie and then he just dies and it's like alright I mean I get it but kind of so what I mean there are better stories being told Uh, and it's I don't know and there's a, a choice to make one of the central characters you're following, uh, voiceless. All right. And it's kind of who cares, you know? Anyway, are like, they do that for purposes of a reveal and it's not that interesting when it happens. Do you think it's Christopher just
2: like Nolan's the... just become too big now? As a, as a director, um... uh, you know, as a, as a, as a, sto- as a storyteller, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of um was the previous one enter
3: interstellar yeah. yeah i don't care for that movie much either
2: yeah i, I, wa- I, I wasn't a particularly a big fan of that one obviously i haven't seen dunkart but um I, I mean I like the Batman movies he did but I'm not like raving about them. I'd more interest...
3: I Dark Knight is great but yeah. the others are eh. Yeah, all I'm right. more
2: kind of I fall more at I thought it was a lot more interesting when he was a, a smaller director. I think um I think Memento is a phenomenal
3: I mean let's not bullshit Duncan. Memento and Dark Knight are the two good movies Christopher
2: Nolan has. Uh, I, I I would I would throw The Prestige in there. I think The Prestige is a great movie.
3: Okay. Yeah, I'll give you. Yeah, all right. I really like Insomnia you're, you're as well. Me, but, mm, I think I Insomnia is strong, one. man. I think it's. I think
2: it's. It's one of the few films I've seen in recent times where Al Pacino is is reined in. <laughs> like, he's so not just whoa right. you know, like all the way through the oh, day. hey, we got a body. Yeah, you know, he's like he's he's actually fairly reined in, and I think Robin Williams is once again it was during the robin williams i'm just gonna play creepy roles phase you know when he was doing things like one hour photo um
3: yeah like i the thing i remember about insomnia maybe i need to watch it again uh the thing i remember about that movie is robin williams at at a three-quarter angle staring out a window saying creepy shit yeah and and that was my memory of insomnia. Yeah, really.
2: I, 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 yeah, I don't think it's. Yeah, I, I, it's not. It's not a great movie. It's not a bad. I, I think it's. I think it's. It's a good thriller. I don't think it's an amazing thriller. But I would say, yeah, the, the Dark Knight, the Prestige, definitely. I think the Prestige is such. So it's like it's like a film that Shyamalan wished he made during that dry patch of Shyamalan movies because it has a Shyamalan twist. Um, you would call it. Shyamalan esque. Shyamalan esque uh, is what I would call it. Both. Um and obviously, M- 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 I can't even say it. Memento. I think is. Yeah. I still think Memento is his best movie, but that's a degree of bias because I think Memento is fucking just an incredible movie.
3: Which yeah, I think Dark Knight's real good. Dark though. Knight's real good, but yeah, I, I I think Dark Knight is a. It's it's Heath Ledger is what makes Dark Knight great.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when you watch... I, th- I think what I love about Memento is that when you watch that that story unfold, it's just... It, it's, it's not the first movie to do it either, but I think the way the story's told is just infinitely fascinating, the way that's all set up. It is, it's another movie that relies on a lot of uh, technical prowess to set all that up, to tell that story. But even... I mean, I, like in, I think Inception's a good movie. I don't think it's a phenomenal movie, but I think Inception's a good movie. I just think that when he did Inception... People were like, "Oh my God, this guy's huge," and all the rest. And then he did like Dark Knight, and people were just like, "This man," could... and they just keep throwing money at him. And they've kept throwing money at him, and the projects have become grander and grander. And I think all these movies are technically really interesting movies, but Interstellar for me should have been a story with real emotional hook, and it didn't. It's another movie that felt flat to me. It just it felt. Kind of soulless. <laughs> like, and um, Dunkirk. I, would, I I mean, the reason i have not watched is I'm not really big into war movies at all, or things set at like. a I, I they just don't. It doesn't really. It's not. It's not my niche. I find my myself wavering of interest when they're on on TV, and I've I've always been that way. It's just one genre of, of film storytelling that I'm not. I don't gravitate towards easily. There are exceptions, obviously, but. Um, and yeah, I was like that. And I saw I, I've, as soon as the, the the people that I know that I had saw it were coming out and saying, "Yeah, there's no real hook." I was like, "It's like Interstellar." Then I, I, at that point, I don't want to sit and watch a three-hour movie where there's no hook for me to like. I can't get invested in it because what's the yeah. point? I might as well sit down oh, and watch a documentary on Dunkirk.
3: No, no, no. Uh, this one it cruises in at an hour forty-seven.
2: Oh, right. I'll mm-hmm. give
3: it that. It's not. It's not a I nightmare. It would be longer. Yeah, I did too when I started <laughs> it. I, 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 I settled in for like yeah. two fifteen.
2: But Bo thought it was longer, so he came in with you like a foot long hot dog and a six pack. <laughs> it's like I've yeah, been here for I, a while,
3: right? I had my knitting. <laughs> I've never wove. <wolf>. Um... <laughs>
2: I, yeah, yeah, but but you're not getting anything is, I haven't heard, but it's kind of disappointing.
3: I it's, it, I'll tell you, it, it, to paraphrase our old friend Eddie Izzard again, it is the, yes, I guess you'd better have yeah. of war movies. <laughs> <laughs> it is so British, it hurts. It's just everyone, stiff up a lip, everyone. Let's yeah. not be emotional about this. Um, yeah. Yeah, and in, in fairness, the American equivalent of that
2: is Independence Day. Send it around the world, let them know. You no, know all this shit. like America saved the day. Yeah, Bow, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, No one in that crew knew Morse code. That's all I'm saying.
3: Thank, thank God the. Amer- What's taking the Americans so long? That is fucking stupid. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I suppose when you call your movie Independence Day, though. There is a certain, I don't know, pressure on the Americans to come out smelling of roses in that movie. Just saying, Bo.
3: Uh, perhaps so. Yeah, perhaps had the Scottish so. people uh, like
2: had the Scottish people worked that out, they would not have shared that with the rest of the world. We would have all let you burn. <laughs> Start with the English. <laughs> but they're just over the border. We can say, we can
3: send a message, let them burn, lad. Let them burn. Thank thank God. Scotland hasn't invented time travel yet. Oh, wait. I, oh, and we could go back. You'll know when it happens. Well, you won't know when it happens. You just, you just do not exist. <laughs> the, right. The timeline will be severed.
2: Yeah. That white hair will still be burned to the ground. Um...
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let them burn. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, every time I hear that, there's part of me that also thinks of, uh, I'm going to set you to burn trash. From uh, the stand, oh
2: yeah! surprised anyway. no one's. I'm surprised when they're talking about King properties out there for revisiting um and like TV or, or or movie sort of media. The stand it doesn't come up to me like I, I would have thought. Like a Netflix would be cramped, kind of clambering over itself to do something. I mean, it would cost a lot of money, like a lot of money. Yeah, but to put something like that out would be. I mean, you could you could, like sign your own checks, you know, at that level because people will watch it. King's huge at the moment. Again,
3: <laughs> just, I, I yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard something before too long. Yeah,
2: I just thought like, really, this, it like landed the way it did that first part of it. I thought, right now, let's start thinking like if I'm a Hollywood Are exec, just... like you think uh, TV movies, Stephen King TV movies that we can, you know, that that property that we can remake to put out, and the the, the stand to me is like at the forefront. Because I don't think I, I think the stand is an interesting story. I don't think the TV movie has held up well at all. <laughs> like,
3: I mean the performances see someone, are good,
2: but I just think it's not mm.
3: Yeah, it's not great. And the the last hour of it is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um tell us how you yeah, feel I about mean, uh, <laughs> It just is. It just is thought there's a lot I like about it. I, I like Rob Lowe in that mm-hmm. quite a bit and, and Gary um, Snake is really good. Gary Sinise is, is quite good. I'm trying to think of, of uh, Ray Walston. I think is the gentleman's name uh, who played the the older guy who had the little speech about cockroaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff happening in that movie. Yeah. Um, and then it all turns to crap, <laughs> and it's unfortunate. But it also happened in the It miniseries. Let's oh yes, let's be yeah, be honest yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. the last. Thirty-ish minutes of that is just a waste of your time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I i wouldn't be I wouldn't be too surprised if we do hear, do hear something like that. Um, but Duncan, we're not here to talk about speculative news, <laughs> fan fiction about movies we'd like to see. Oh,
2: what are we here to talk about then, Bo?
3: We're here to talk about episode nine of season eleven of the X Files, uh, entitled something nothing lasts forever yeah except this series
2: because it feels like it's going on forever
3: (laughs) yeah that's the entire title nothing lasts forever whatever i don't know
2: (laughs) we're going to this one strong
3: (laughs) Uh uh-huh all right we're gonna take a break and we will be right back to talk about this uh Uh, I don't know, 80s horror-esque episode, I would argue. Yeah, someone's
2: been watching a lot of Brian Yosner.
3: Yes. Yes. Yes! (laughs) Alright, we'll be right back. Hey
2: Paul, what I was thinking is that
4: I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to, like, write a skit, develop a whole thing, and we have a backstory, and, but, well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long, so...
3: Like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks and... Yeah, and, yeah. Well, what about... I ins- like it.
4: Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just, like, reach out to Robert England himself and maybe... Ooh he can you know just record a promo for us sometime do you think i, I mean I, we might have to like raise some money
2: we
1: can do a kickstarter
3: and we could just throw it out to like robert england and you know sure, just, sure. just
4: all kinds of actors and and i think people will do that i think sure why not well you know i don't know maybe we're overthinking this whole thing how about if we just tell people where to find us i like that you can find us at will survive on itunes stitcher on the legion podcast network and on the raw live and unedited podcasting network also on facebook and instagram under the same name oh wait can we do it underwater Uh, with piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool
3: I said this on the shot cast uh, recently, but I had a real nerdy conversation about the Ferengi with someone. recently.
2: <laughs> I'm so proud
1: of you.
3: It was one of those conversations where you're just like breaking down who they are as a species, yep. you know, and, uh, it's uh, real, uh, but it was satisfying. Uh, I enjoyed myself <laughs> more than I should have.
2: <laughs> oh. Gold plated, gold plated platinum. Is, is that what they're dealing again? I remember.
3: Uh, oh, I don't remember because uh, I'm still relatively early on in Deep Space Nine. Oh, All right, so you've, my, only, you've only just met
2: Quark, but you're not there yet.
3: Right. Yeah. So We're I'm. There. Yeah. Uh, I, I. But th- that one I'm just watching straight through. I've I've really been enjoying Deep Space Nine quite a bit. Nice. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's a, I, I feel like I'm catching up to the rest of the world in a lot of ways, but uh, but it, it's like, yeah, this show's real good. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, everyone. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so the, the I pull the Canadian lever, and oh, we're sorry, <laughs> so sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> sorry, sorry about uh, Deep Space Nine. There, a boot. sorry about that. A boot. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about the Deep Space Nine. you're
2: practically Canadian right now.
3: Where has American
2: Bull gone? Bring him back.
3: Oh, he's going to uh, the laboratory. So I'm just going to fill in here uh, for the intro real quick. Uh, Hey, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Duncan and Bull come correct, uh, eh? Uh, We're doing nothing last forever. Uh, Boy, that's true. Uh it's a X an x-file show and written by Karen Nielsen, eh. Uh she's a, a script coordinator uh all season long, eh. First uh first episode that she's written all by herself though. Uh but you know, good for her, I say. Uh well done, Karen. I l- uh, Jimmy thought
2: you were going to do one sentence, and that was a, I did not realize you were committing yourself so strongly to the cause.
3: I don't know what you're talking about in for the sake of this bit. Uh <laughs>
2: Brett, Don't kid, don't make me break character.
3: And uh Brett Fulmer and uh Benjamin Van Allen, <laughs> uh they're staff writers, eh that uh they're credited on the show too. They've been doing all this whole season. Uh and then uh directed by uh James Wong. Huh? Uh he he directed episode 3 called Ghoulie. Uh, that one, uh, was, was scary. eh? Uh, all right. Uh, Hey, uh, I gotta go. Everyone (laughs) Canadian bowl out. (laughs) So yeah, that's the breakdown of this episode. Nothing lasts forever.
2: (laughs) Which I would say is more enjoyable than this episode, but uh, that's just me. (laughs) Me at the moment. (laughs)
3: So I've got, uh, yeah. one, I've got issues with this yeah. one, I've got issues. Yeah, I'll tell you. Here's here's what's great about this episode. Tell me. Um It's episode nine, and there's only uh, there's less than an hour of new X Files ahead of us <laughs> before we're done. Yeah, and so there's a bit of a sigh of relief with this episode. I really, I'm kind of glad in some ways that they're not building up the mythology episode that they're going to tack onto this. Uh, because I don't give a shit about that anymore. Because the show doesn't give a shit about that. But it clearly so when, it does because
2: the next episode will be all about it.
3: Yeah, but I mean, who cares? We'll get through it and it's over. And and this one at least was just like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just do something goofy. And and there are parts of it I think they're real stupid, but also enough goofiness. But you could talk me out of that. I'm in a real like i'm not firm on this (laughs) and and if you ruin it for me i might i might be okay with that because i feel like that would only be you know turnabout is fair play because i i think i was the first person this season that was like duncan this may not this may be terrible um not that you were blind to it, you were you were just an optimist. I was, I'm, I'm
2: being like you're being just now.
3: I, I, I am
2: searching out for the good, and I am elevating it to the attention, maybe allowing certain discrepancies to be overlooked, to bask in the joy of the good that it has managed to achieve. I that I, That's what I think. And uh, I don't see a lot. There are some. I think when I say Brian Yosna, I think, I think that's an apt comparison to some of the stuff that's happening. I think there should have been a lot more of it.
3: <laughs> like, I 100 percent agree. They should have leaned into that shit more. Yeah. There's an entire storyline they could have gotten rid of entirely. Exactly. And we'll we'll get into yeah. this. So, all right. Canadian Bo told you all the stats. Uh, we open up on two dudes in scrubs operating on on someone in a warehouse environment, which you know is never good. No, it doesn't
2: look sanitary uh, for a start, though.
3: Just for beginners, probably not the cleanest place. Also, uh, why you got to do it in a warehouse? Like, no, no one is getting their legs set. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, at warehouse doctors,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tommy two times isn't getting three bullets removed from his lung, you know, from a from a bad bank heist. Uh, You've know, got to go with the mob doctor. I'm, I'm fairly sure there are private health establishments that after hours these sort of things could happen. In.
3: Yeah, right. I think they're called emergency rooms, Duncan, and uh, or or you just have good old fashioned mob doctors. You know, that you call up on... They don't meet you in warehouses either. They're like, hey, meet me in my office. Yeah. You know, we don't have to rent storage space for this. Yeah, we don't have to... Like, uh, anyway.
2: Well, what, what we're doing just now, we'll just go and visit Jimmy the Scalpel. He'll fix you.
3: <laughs> yeah. That, he didn't get that nickname because he's a doctor. It's a long story. <laughs> uh, a tragic one. So... Um. <laughs> But all right, so we cut outside. Like, the dude dies on the table, and the, one of the doctors seems mildly concerned by this, and then the other one like removes a heart, and you're like, oh, these are organ harvesters. That was good.
2: Like, one looks concerned, and I'm like, you were about to remove his heart. That you know that right. that is going to cause that little machine to go. <laughs> Don't know if you know that, <laughs> Mister Medical Doctor, but yeah, that that yeah.
3: Don't look surprised. You're harvesting organs. And Unless you're putting something else in, yeah. Yep. It, you know, just swapping hearts, maybe. Yep. Rubble hearts. Like pat, one of them patchwork experiments where somebody's just like, I don't know, let's sew something together and see what yep. happens.
2: Patchwork's real good. Really. Uh,
3: it's it's a real good movie. Uh, <laughs> interview with the director right here on LegionPodcast.com. Oh, nice
2: plug. Ding. Nice plug.
3: Yeah. Uh, so... Um, but we cut outside for a second, and we get a little bit of Joel McHale talking about conspiracies, and you're like, "Oh fuck, right? Mm -hmm. That's coming back." Oh yeah. And then we see uh, a young lady uh, who I will refer to for the remainder of the episode as not Nev Campbell, but she really does Um, look
2: a bit like Nev Campbell.
3: Yeah, she does. Uh, she's uh, on top of the roof like some kind of fucking urban ninja. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is where I thought this episode she... was going like right from the off when I saw her and
2: like dressed like a shite Batman, um, I was like Is this gonna be is this the X Files poking fun at superheroes? And we're gonna have a vigilante who thinks they are super or endowed with superpowers and the X Files is gonna be into this sort of vigilante justice and all that, all that and like instantly I started filling out a whole episode of the X Files. I was like, I would watch that. And then I realized very, very quickly it wasn't, but then was completely thrown again by what's about to come up because then I thought Vampire, <laughs> which Mulder very right. quickly made fun of about three minutes after.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, uh, so, uh, shit Batman, <laughs> uh, not Nev Shite Campbell. Shite Batman,
2: get it right, please.
3: Shite Batman. Get... Shite, not Nev Campbell, Batman. <laughs> Uh, squirrels down uh, a chain, hops into the warehouse, kills a guard, and then uh, interrupts the organ harvesting. Right, right after one of the dudes uh, almost eats a pancreas. Yeah, lifts the
2: pancreas out, licks says, it. it's kind of fresh. You don't want to go bit of waste. The other guy's like, "Well, I don't know about that." Then proceeds to take down his mask and lick the pancreas to test how fresh it is. And I've like the alerts going off and I'm like, woo, 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 <laughs> what's going on here? What the fuck is going on? Vampires, obviously vampires. Meanwhile, the other dude, guy that was shocked that you know the the body has died, turns out to be like not just a surgeon, but crack like fucking criminal gunman. Because as soon as she bursts through that door, he has a piece in his hand really quick and is firing off rounds. I'm like, what sort of doctors are these? One likes to lick the, <laughs> lick the innards of uh of corpses, and the other one's pretty good with a gun. This is interesting, but different, both.
3: Yeah. Well, in not Nev Campbell Batman, shy, uh, shy Batman is uh, spouting a bunch of Bible verses, yep. and I'm like, is this going to be a shitty boondock saint? I, uh, I
2: passed. Like, uh, you see that that passed my brain. When I saw this like as well. I I I'd start to get a hankering that maybe we were heading down that road. Thankfully, we don't, um, because I like Boondock Saints. and I don't want a shit imitation.
3: So. Uh, also, uh, Boondock Saints is not a good movie, and you should watch the documentary. We've had this conversation before. Is genius. We've
2: had this conversation before. I know. I know. And I've watched said documentary. I still like that movie. Billy Connolly's in that. It's sure. a national fucking treasure.
3: No argument here. He's the best thing about it, except for maybe Willem Dafoe. Willem
2: Dafoe's amazing. It's a, this was a fucking bomb. <laughs> All right, yes. yeah. no, I'm not doing that. Again. All right, not doing That that,
3: that, 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 that. so uh <laughs> so uh shite Black Widow. <laughs> I should have said Black Widow. <laughs> it, no, it, I, either way it works so uh, she kills the one doctor like stabs him like said and then apparently takes his organs puts them in a cooler leaves it outside a hospital and in very neat writing by the Incredibly way neat. good penmanship yeah, yeah. Uh, writes the words I will repay and, and so uh, we go out on that as a, a nurse or doctor finds this cooler full of organs and is like uh shit i guess and then you know do and so we the... have to do, it. Have to do it. <laughs> i i for sure you do and, and that with but the credits thing is what i wanted to mention there which is i want to be beautiful <laughs> which if credits could talk is how they would say it. No, don't look at me today.
1: Like Ivana Trump.
3: A little bit.
2: <laughs> I want to be beautiful. I want to be beautiful, darling. <laughs>
3: darling. Uh... <laughs> There's a little bit of Natasha in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh... We will get Moose and Square, <laughs> darling. Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh.
3: so we cut to scully in church of course where we always see yeah, scully she's
2: constantly spending her time um her free time diligently at the at the pews and altar she's taking in communion as well um so she's eating off of Christ's body
3: and drinking and off. getting drunk on the job
2: <laughs> from what like, these little plastic shot glasses, which I did not know that was a thing in churches. Uh, I'm assuming it's just I know it's and kill. so funny. <laughs> it's like, eat the cracker and then down the shot,
3: be gone. Child they which... also play George Thorogood in the background <laughs> just to hip it up a little bit. <laughs> so, so, yeah, of course, of course, she... <laughs> one body, one flesh. Holy (laughs) ghost.
1: But she's like
2: she's in church, right? This is some of the stuff that I don't like about the X Files, this season in particular, that I'm sure it happened in other seasons of the X Files, but I don't see why it annoys me as much. Maybe because it's just so fucking obvious. So this little girl, fucking shite, black widow, and Nev Campbell look alike as she's spouting off the Lord's... She's spouting off religious tome as she's getting ready and as she's killing people and all the rest. So this episode has to start with one of our characters diligently at the pew. You know what I mean? It's just so fucking... And it's like, once again... like At least the Scully and Mulder in this episode are a bit more in line with the Scully and Mulder that we are most familiar with. Maybe. But... We're jumping into yeah.
3: Let's take uh, some obscure detail from the past and blow it up into an yeah. Episode. Let's
2: let's blow this up, but then this is like just like there's going to be two or three things right at the start of this episode that I know for a fact are just never going to come back up. And right, maybe that I, I shouldn't get harp on it, but it's purely in here for the purposes of this episode. What happened to our investigators incidentally getting involved with something that? you know they have an offhandish knowledge about but not like are living in while happening which is how every, almost every episode of this season has been and it, it, it well it's just frustrating because I, I get to that point where i'm like that scully can have we know scully has religion in our life and she's you know we know that like maybe if you're new to the season you don't need to play into that in order for her to have like some sort of weird tangential connection to the story we don't need that at all and it it plays into some of the messages towards the end of the movie, Uh, sorry the end of the episode and I kind of get that kind of bookends uh, and the church for for in particular Scully but I just think it's it's too on the nose you know what I mean? It's too on the nose in a way where I'm like this shouldn't annoy me as much as it does but it really annoys me
3: well, all right. So, as Canadian Bo mentioned, the script supervisor of this entire season wrote this episode, and the laziness of it, yeah. I think, is pretty indicative of how this whole season be has good, been. Else Short
2: scripts. Oh, that's what's happened.
3: Well, and and she. So there's a line that I love when they show up when Mulder like after Scully does her, you know. Our fathers and Hail Mary's yeah. and leaves uh because she gets a a buzz, assumedly uh, from Mulder. Just
2: switch off her phone in the church.
3: I mean, she's Banisher. You know, <laughs> Catholic in name only. Um a Uh at any rate, so <laughs> when when she shows up at the at at the crime scene, or when she and Mulder do. Like last week, we made fun of their stupid ass reason for being yep. there. To- this one, yeah, they-, they don't even try. Yeah, um, to the, I cannot appreciate that more. I, I, yeah. All right. So th- they show up, and uh, the police are like, "What are you doing here?" And Mulder's line is, "We found reasons to become interested." Yeah. End of story. Yeah. That's all it was, and I yeah, and I'm kind of on board with yeah, that. That's too. all I'm you need. Like,
2: that's what the previous episode yeah, should
3: have right. had. Like literally, right? We they, they
2: just said that. You know, that's what interested us. That's that's all. And at that point, I was like, that fine. <laughs> the right. it's, um, than, You the think road. it's an X file? Okay. Yeah, I was actually thinking after we spoke as well, because uh, that that was churning in my head how much that previous episode annoyed me. Just have the murder happen in a national park. <laughs> right or anything? Yeah, that's why the fans are there. nothing
3: or nothing.
2: Yeah. They have jurisdiction,
3: jurisdiction. of uh, just like not jurisdiction because
2: right. a loved one's died of a fucking police. Oh fuck that! But yeah, that's... Oh,
3: it's so bad. Again, even if true, stupid, <laughs> so stupid. But like, so yeah,
2: the, like the fact that like, and but I, I like this is one of the bits that I quite like about this episode in that Mulder and Scully are genuinely being kind of playful.
3: And that yeah, I, I, I actually hear. really like this whole scene yeah I think
2: that scene's great
3: um because like you know Mulder is fucking with him like you mentioned about the uh the the
2: stake through the heart um and then he goes that was you know is the wood made of cedar and he mentions an our two air yeah, like you know the extrapolate that's what the, the crosses you read all this they took up so like yeah we've got like other stuff that we're going to investigate and we're going to stand over here and do it. And Mulder's kind of smiling and Scully's kind of smiling and then out of nowhere out of nowhere Bo like like blinds that you will get whiplash. This is how surprising and out of nowhere. I want to I want to welcome to the show uh, a brand new character which is Mulder's overpronounced black spectacle frames. Right? Which I, I, These are my <laughs> spectacles goddammit <laughs> like, so, so Mulder who is clearly conscious of the fact he has to wear glasses, gets the most bold, black, (laughs) thick fucking frames for his face. I'm like, come on, come on, work with me here, work with me here. Right, so he gets these, he puts these glasses on and they are so out of place that as the audience member, that's all you can fucking look at. And Scully's like, What? like that, Mulder, do you have bifocals? And he's like, no, no, these are kind of transition things. And she's like, oh, listen, we all get old. And, you know, and I can't remember what the the medical phrase for listening to my eyes is, but she's like, we all get there. There's one thing that age does to you. And I'm like, oh, right, age, right? Just a throwaway line. To when she starts talking about gout and age and all the rest, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. No, this episode's going to be about aging, isn't it? It's, it's going to be about aging.
3: Eh, I mean, yes, but...
2: okay, kind of is, but...
3: Fine. <laughs> it is, but... Like, y- you're right. I mean, that's the overarching theme of the episode. Because we have... It only deals with them aging in this scene and one Yeah, other. As,
2: as, as, You know what is it is? It's... There's a killer who is quoting Bible tone, so Scully needs to be in church... And the characters are delaying aging. So we have to have conversations with Mulder and Scully aging. And I'm like, really? Do we we have to? Do we have to? Do we have to do this? Can Mulder and Scully just not investigate something without it being directly linked to their current life experience? Can we have that? That would be refreshing.
3: And... Yeah, that's not the formula for this season. It has to be
2: possible. That is literally yeah. how it's been. And once again, it comes down to this theory that I think originally you hypothesized, but I stole very quickly and then, you know, smartened up a little bit and put out as my own, uh, which is what I do on this show. Uh, it, well <laughs> Is this, this idea of almost from episode to episode, it feels like new writers being introduced to Mulder and Scully. And not really understanding how they're grounded as characters or really how they interact fully, that when they come to write the stories, like Mulder and Scully must be living through a version of what they're investigating in every episode, and that's how they resonate. And to be fair, that's how other TV shows handle things. Like, I think of like episodes of Buffy. For example, where something would be happening to Buffy, and it would just so happen that you know that like Spike could be doing something that kind of mirrored it, and somewhere there's going to be a connection in the middle, you know I, I,
3: yeah, but I would argue that show at its heart was more character driven
2: totally one hundred percent because the consistency there is that like Buffy didn't really change. Through those, it was just she had an interest in something, and that's what manifested. Whereas Mulder and Scully, from episode to episode, fundamentally change. One, how they speak to each other. Two, how they interact. Three, are they in a relationship or not in a relationship? Um, Four, where their interests actually lie. Five, whether or not they are concerned that they do or do not have a child. Um, six. If one of them is wearing glasses. Uh, seven, if one of them is going to church. You know, it's like there is there is no real through consistency between episodes. So in this one, I, I there is a groan that comes out of me. When I'm like, of course this is about aging, And of course Mulder and Scully are going to have a conversation. At the start of their investigation. Which is going to cover about how old they're getting. And how time catches up with everyone. And I'm going to guess that this episode will be bookmarked with a very similar conversation about well, what did we learn in this episode? What is our, well, you know, right. what what we taken away? And it, that is just tiresome. It's like a really tiresome way of telling an X-Files. And the beauty of the X-Files is it can be quirky in left field and ironically, the one that has done the most message in this entire season and delivered it in a concise, witty and clever way as the one with the the, the kind of Trump comparisons. And you know what was really funny about that? Was that Mulder and Scully's experiences going into that were really, really well written in that it was set up along the idea of don't you hate it when you think you remember something you don't? Because everyone can relate to that. I can't relate to this conversation about aging, even though I am aging, Bo, because it just feels forced. So
3: full. I I have to say, uh, I'm at the point where I need bifocals. Are you though? I am, I am, and uh, it's it like I've started doing the thing where if I'm reading close up, I lift my glasses, <laughs> which I also kind of like to yeah, do. Yeah, I think that's uh, characterful. It it looks professorial to me. <laughs> It, it, like when I do it I feel like I, I gain a couple of <laughs> IQ points
2: every time you do it everyone round about you waits to hear something profound you know, I, I, like I, I yeah, deepen right. take a breath <gasps> you
3: like now everyone lift the glasses <gasps> oh he he's about to speak
2: like that no it was uh, a smudge on my screen oh, there we go <laughs>
3: Yeah, nope, nope, <laughs> never mind. False alarm, everyone. Oh, he's just stupid old Bo again. For a second, he looked pretty smart and interesting.
2: You should just start doing that and just make up shit.
3: Uh-huh. Hey, I've got some notes here on my phone. Oh, God, we got to hear from this guy again. Lifts the glasses. Oh, wait. it's here that the American he does Civil have War started, started
2: in 1983
3: you don't say I didn't
2: know that I thought it was earlier I
3: think it's about time for that promotion don't you <laughs> glasses I come down in, I get the, the fuck out of my office your job where
2: you can lift a pair of glasses <laughs> spout shite and get promoted
3: it's a pretty good life <laughs> from now on you can call me
2: CEO Bo um, which just feels like a series <laughs> of letters
3: uh, <laughs> yeah it really those are the vowels in the klingon language See, <laughs> yeah it does kind of sound yeah. a bit
2: like it actually to be or not to be <laughs> yeah in the, original, in the klingon. original klingon um so yeah like I, right. yeah i just uh, yeah, like right. I, I don't want to yeah because i want to save it for some later on because there are some things like you say there are some things the episode does really well i just this is tiresome to me i don't feel that we need to... D- like, right, Scarlet goes to church. That's fine. Or, they're I, I, discussing how old they're getting. That's fine. One or the other.
3: I get I get your point, but I also think that they interact with each other a little more naturally in this scene. Oh god, yeah, even though because they're aging. <laughs> You're saying... Right. right. <laughs> and and also, with it ending... Like, having the moments where like she yells gout a little loud, just funny. to get... Right, which is very funny. And him looking her at her at the end of the, the scene, saying, "Hey, did you cut your hair?" Yeah. And she says, "Are you serious, Mulder?" And it, like that's kind of a funny yes, gag. It is. And I and and I actually have in my notes here: Is this episode okay? <laughs> Question mark.
2: I love, I love, I love that this this season of the X Files has got us so. It's so despondent, so forlorn on this that literally a funny line, five minutes in an episode, springs the promise of a good episode so much so that you have to write that in your notes.
3: <laughs> right, like pure gent plays, and you, you feel like the sun's come your, up your a heart little. Skips and, a then, beat. Uh, and then we cut to shite <laughs> Black Widow. Creeping down this, like this is the story outline that you could just amputate yeah, wholesale just from drop this episode. This one hard, right? Because we we do not need
2: any, and it's this. not really well explained out. And this is another scene which is bookended in a way which doesn't really help us at all. Um, so she washes her hand of the blood, and it walks downstairs, and her overtly Catholic mother. Is um, crying over a picture <laughs> of her. I we find out later on is her sister who is missing, uh, and her mother's doing all the. I, I'm going to assume it's Roman or Italian, maybe, or, or is it Hispanic? I don't know what she's what language she's speaking, but she's reciting a lot of prayers and huddled over, clutching her rosary, you know, like. Picture in front of her weeping, and she creeps downstairs, and I'm like that. Right, this, right. Hopefully, we get a bit of meat on the bones for that. No, no, no. Fuck you, Duncan. No, you're gonna get a scene later on, which you're gonna mirror it. But that's about it. Um, Why? Like, I understand. Right, there has to be a killing of some sort. But you had that killing. You had harvest, uh, harvest, harvesting of organs. Is enough to have this killing. You don't need this vigilante right. running around.
3: You pulled a heart out in the first scene. I'm down yeah, with that. You, you, and fucking tumbled to
2: do this shit.
3: Yeah, and our, the the other thing that's real stupid about all this is that what we learn is the the girl in the picture not only is it Olivia, uh, shite Black Widow sister. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it, it it her problem is that she has bad skin and knowing nothing else about her Duncan, I immediately don't give a shit about her fate. I'm like, if you're going to sell your soul to clear up your skin as a teenager or whatever, just give it a couple of years. (laughs) Calm down. You don't have, you don't have to be eternally damned or whatever.
2: And, I th- Bo, this is how far and, and we so, removed from kids, there's a lot of pressure on their shoulders these days.
3: I yeah, I guess so. you yeah, you gotta be on the YouTubes and the Twitters and the Tweet Twats and the whatnots and uh <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but so then we cut away from uh Black Widow and the picture of her, you know, not unattractive sister really. Mm-hmm. Um and and we cut to that same sister, Olivia, uh, doing blood blendering. Yep. And then she, like, has a sip of the blood, and is all like, mmm. <clears throat> and then turns around, and we follow her to a mattress uh, where she feeds someone else some blender blood. And we realize that, oh, this is just a big fuck yep. pit. Because everybody's drinking blood and doing it, Duncan. You know, it. Yeah, yeah. Scrabble. And, yeah, and I'm like, wait a second, is this a show about a fuck pit? When did this happen? Because, like, I'm watching this and still going through my head is
2: vampirism.
3: You know what I mean? Right, right. It's it's gonna be another vampire episode, which X Files had one already, and it was yep. cool. But well, fine. Um, was Lindsay Krauss in that? Is that who was the lady vampire? it oh, rings
2: a bell, actually.
3: Anyway, uh, maybe. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, so, but then we cut from the fuck pit to uh, a couple, what we assume is kind of a couple, because it's a man and lady uh, lying in bed together. In this case, it's a young lady and Wynne Duffy from television's Justified, Mm -hmm. who is awesome on that show. And if you haven't seen Justified, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) People? Yeah, you know, you gotta plug plug the good stuff. And they're watching this old sitcom episode, and then we see that they're kind of stuck together all society style. And then we like get a wider shot when we realize there's another lady in bed beside them quoting the show because oh my god she's the star and it was a show from 50 years ago yeah. and and then my notes here are so we're dealing with society vampires we're dealing with sus- or something society as in like society vampires so-
2: society as in that little movie that brian Yuzna did
3: hmm. Exactly right it's Duncan. Inter-
2: I like it, both. I like where you're going with this. Except they were a bit more glamorous in society. This one's a bit more kind of dingy, a bit more kind of crack house. <laughs> think think le- <laughs> it does. less, you know, kind of lavish spreads and three-piece suits and think more soiled underwear and crusty sheets. Mm.
3: You- yeah, it's a real like opium fuck pit <laughs> for shitty vampires. <laughs> and, which is
2: which is how my hotel was described on my last trip to France. A trip advisor. I was like, can't wait to stay there.
3: It's got two stars. Right. Not as bad as you would think. <laughs> would stay again. <laughs> and, all right, but, so... We jump back to Mulder and Scully at church because, of course, we Yeah, because,
2: by the way, I don't know if you know this, but Scully goes to church.
3: Hey, Duncan, did you know that Scully goes to church? And what's
2: even more interesting is she was just there and got communion, which means she doesn't have to go back to church, but she's there on the same day again.
3: She loves church, Duncan. (laughs) Loves it. Um, And and then we, we see that... Uh, Shite Black Widow goes to the same church because we, the we see the <laughs> It's a real kewinky dink, Duncan. And and Shite Black Widow goes to uh, the uh, the priest, and she and he's like, "I'm praying for your sister," and she's like, "Fuck your prayers, priest." <laughs> Here's some words of God that are about kicking ass, and. <laughs> He's like, Well, you got me there. Those are the words of God, in fact. But, you know, don't do anything crazy, not Nev Campbell. Mm. <laughs> and she's like, Ah, the time for crazy is here, priest. <laughs> up up your butt with a coconut. Although I saw no coconut. <laughs> and <laughs> a little bit of quick change. That, um, that's
2: a really interesting all our stand you have. Did you buy that from Fuko Chuckle Furniture? <laughs> Yeah, right. it kind of looks like you got that from the their autumn 2017 catalog. That's what I thought. Yeah, I saw it. That it really it was in the display for the awning. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, did you use the discount? You didn't use the discount. Did you hashtag it? <laughs> well, that's your
3: promo code.
2: Fuckle duckle doodle.
3: Fuck <laughs> fuckle chump. Did you use yes. that
2: hashtag? You didn't. Well, you could have saved yourself 10%. Well, when I say you, I mean the church.
3: Um, this has been a great talk. We should do it more often. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Uh, so, her, uh, it turns out that her sister is uh, in charge of blending up for the, the starlet, <laughs> yep. uh, but the cooler is empty. And You're not so she to the is given. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it, Duncan. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> and And so she gives them, speaking to Jim Jones is giving him a real cult speech about like you know who am I? what do you see when you see me and they're like, beauty and light and uh and it turns out that uh, she's i don't know giving them maybe blood or something of uh, some of her blood yeah. and and so or that the doctor is helping them with some pro anyway, but it makes <laughs> a, it, it makes her like, skin don't think about it. You can just yeah. Right, and that's 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 how I approach this episode. Who who gives a fuck? Um, so the who gives a fuck in this scene is, of course, hey, they're all kind of prettier yeah. now, and they're all worshiping her because of that. And but she's also not real pleased about not having organs that got what got stolen from shite Black mm-hmm. Widow, and. Then Dr. Levinas wheels in with the girl strapped to his back. And that's the point where I was like, this episode might be all right. Because when he comes in in his little electric wheelchair (laughs) with his blood bag strapped to his back, I'm like, okay, X-Files, I'm on board for this. This is real dumb in a way that seems like you understand that this Mm -hmm. is dumb. But maybe they don't. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. (laughs) Um but I liked it. I thought it was funny. And uh so yeah, so he rolls in and is like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we got to uh get the organs back what they stole, which is a dumb plan. Just like, fuck it, let's find another body. Yeah. Let's just steal another person. Why why go, why try to break into a hospital to get more organs if we're already down to murder mm-hmm. people?" You know, I don't I I don't understand that logic, but whatever.
2: One could say it feels rushed and ill-thought-out.
3: Yeah, but kind of, again, whatever. You know, I mean, that's a a bad way to approach entertainment. Because, like, this is the cotton candy of television nutrition. It is just like, don't think about it. It's it's, Some of this is going to be a little sweet on the tongue. And then... But don't make a meal mm-hmm. out of this, please. So ah uh, just I, I don't want to defend it too You'd much. T- but you're also, defending it. I like it. I know, I I, I, I am.
2: like it. You're Johnny Cochran all the way right through this episode just now, you're like that. See the glove didn't fit, Duncan. You're thinking it should have fit and it doesn't, so
3: Yeah. If uh if the wheelchair fits, <laughs> you must have quit. And I submit <laughs> You're that full, when duffy right with uh, a <laughs> with a blood bag sewn to his back on a doctor strange love wheelchair is pretty yeah, goddamn I funny think i think yeah. and i'm no on board with taking, it. no one's taken
2: no one's taken that away from it bro no one's taken that away from it i just think that an episode of tv needs to be more than the sum of some of its quirky one-off parts I think this episode has a lot of really interesting quirky one-off parts, which I'm like, that's your episode. That's your whole episode. Bit more into that. Get me a bit more into that. I'm into it hard, and I will go with you, because this is is the one show on TV where you can do that. (laughs) Like other shows, you want a little bit less of that. This is the one show that you can do it. Like, full. You can go, you can embrace your freak flag and let it fly, Bo. That's that's what you can do in this episode, and it's like that. No, 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 not no, church. No, 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 not no, 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 church. I'm like,
1: really?
3: Right, right. Like, get rid of this shite, Black yeah. Widow. Let's make it all about this crazy fuck pit blood yes, cult. Yes, I'm in. And and how <laughs> and the crazy sitcom lady. Yes, who's
2: brilliant? She's and all of that.
3: Who's very yeah, yeah. good in this? Yeah, and. In fact, there's a scene coming up that I genuinely think is a, an objectively she good she fucking blue velvets this in this episode. Yes, and that uh, yep. we'll get to it. So we, but first we got to put the brakes on everything because things were getting interesting <laughs> and fun. So we got to go back to church. We got to take our fucking medicine, Duncan, <laughs> and go back to a stupid church scene.
2: So
3: because we.
1: For I no reason at all. I, like, for en- no reason at all.
3: Enigma should play. It should be in slow motion. Yeah. Uh, oh, if, like, do, you know, the if, bee if, behind if, if, like, it. The only reason Mulder's Church should be in this episode
2: in. so much is the reveal of the reverse aging effects or to do with Satanism or something. As literally all yeah. the reason this Die like, Church should be in this episode as much as it is.
3: And and this scene also has, like, Mulder is there with Scully in the church, and she's like, you're not uh, a religious, Mulder, WTF. <laughs> and I have
2: just met you, Mulder. We have not spent 11 seasons together.
3: She, she looks him in the eyes and says, have I ever told you, Mulder, uh, how I came to believe in God? And it's like, what are you, why are you talking like that? Are you a robot- <laughs> You did. a I I robot?
2: Yeah, you did, Scully. And that that one time when we were stuck out in those woods and being attacked by those luminous green bugs that were eating everything. You can't remember that one time when you told me how you found God? That's a really interesting. Well, that was seasons, and seasons ago, and that doesn't fit in with the timeline of this story. Then let's do that. Let's let's let's, let's tell me again. I'm getting old. The age is yeah. ravaging my brain. As, far as I'm wearing glasses, please tell me again.
3: But counterpoint to that being really terrible writing, (laughs) for the first time in a few episodes, actual investigation is done by Mulder and Scully. Oh, they investigate
2: the fuck out of this! Well, they actually— one could say they may have earned some of their paycheck.
3: (laughs) Yeah, they—they actually actively prevent crime. (laughs) In this, <laughs> e- <laughs> in this episode, as opposed to just seeing it on. yeah,
2: as opposed to waiting until something <laughs> happens or accusing the wrong person of something, or something and watching a murder before <laughs> your eyes, oh,
1: yeah.
2: or walking in and seeing a man oh. strangle Scully, so you slit his throat from your ear, ear. Yes, they actually do some fucking goddamn. Back to basics investigation.
3: I mean, in fairness, it's accent. Well, yeah, once again. Yeah, but but, but Bo, Let's give them back. But but it's putting two and two together. Yeah, it's because uh, Mulder sees on the prayer board, uh, you know, which are like the daily verses that you read to contemplate to do your religious contemplation of the day, and one of them uh, is the Bible verse that ends in uh, "I will yeah. repay." And Mulder's like, hey, that seems like kind of a coincidence. You know, we saw that neat and, uh, written neatly on a cooler. Uh, maybe that's a, a yep. clue. Uh, remember them? <laughs> and <laughs> and Scully is like, I, I've been around this season. I don't know, Mulder. There's a lot of, uh, that's a pretty famous quote. And he's like, all right, you're right. You're she right. actually we uses the really. line,
2: I don't think this is an X-Files. However, bowl last week... She thought it was an X-Files this week. Immediately yeah, thought yeah, like, it was no an X-Files. Yeah. This week, she doesn't think it's an X-Files.
3: The, this, to me, is the more consistent yeah. Scully, and I'm happy to see Oh, her of course. Back. yeah. I, I but, want her constantly except, being skeptical.
2: That's her job on the show. Literally, her job but, on the show uh, is to be skeptical of Mulder's nonsense. Uh, but Mulder's like, in full investigation mode, and not only has he realized that that line Seems familiar, but he also realises that the church fence is missing three um, three parts of its fence, three metal railings are missing. And wouldn't you know it, Bo, the deaths we've seen thus far have been used, well, they've been caused by these metal railings. So someone is actually taking property from the church to, to commit the murders.
3: Uh that sounds both sacrilegious and the right way to kill a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> um This look it's a gate from the yeah, church I'm stabbing yeah. him with.
2: Like, not only am I stabbing him in the heart, but I'm using property of God to do it. Uh
3: yeah, it's it's my favorite death in any of the Hammer Dracula films, uh, which is Dracula has risen from the grave. Me. And it ends with Christopher Lee as Dracula being stabbed through the heart with an iron yeah. cross and that double kills a vampire.
2: Yes yeah, so that is that is the 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 vampire hunter equivalent of a double tap.
3: Yeah and then what what was the oh jeez what is the name of the next one the one where they uh they take his ashes to London and he's resurrected by kind of a weird blood cult dude.
2: Oh that same um fuck
3: scars of dracula taste the blood of dracula yeah,
2: yeah i think you're right i think it's a scar of Dracula. No, it's all
3: right anyway blood different show of,
2: blood of Dra- yeah we're getting in a hammer conversation but yeah that's when they, they try and control him and he's like he ain't controlling me
3: motherfucker right i'm dracula, I'm dracula. you can't hey baby i've been doing this too yeah. long i came back from a pile <laughs> of dust you know what i'm gonna do in this episode instead of
2: you controlling me i'm gonna pick off your loved ones one at a time
3: right <laughs> I'm gonna and then I'm gonna drive you crazy and kill you. How about that? How's that sound? Fun (laughs) does to me because I'm Dracula, motherfucker. (laughs) Bleh. Uh, (laughs) That do it for you. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, back at the the crazy mansion, uh, Barbara, the the sitcom lady. Um, is all pissed off about the organs what didn't get uh to her mouth, and she thinks she's agent both. Yeah, she's like, I see crow's feet, and Doctor Levinus, aka When Duffy from Television's Justified, is <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, you know the deal here, Barbara. It's all gonna be fine, and. Barbara is, ends up severing his blood bag yeah. and saying it's time to ascend. Like you're going to become one of us, and instead she just murders her and is like, "I'm going to yeah. eat her now." And when Duffy is like, "I've been feeding off her for weeks," you know she yeah. she's nothing, Ain't much left. Yeah, yeah. she's all Ain't
2: much left in there,
3: <laughs> right? And but she still tries and. And it's another tease of a scene where it's like, you know, this is kind of fun and weird. And then when Duffy says he's going to go get the organs at the hospital, that he's got a line on him, and that all seems like the show I want to be watching.
2: Yeah, that's the that's the show that I've, yeah, that's the show I can't wait to to watch more of. Oh, what's that? We're not going to get much more of that. Oh, that's fun. Um, Yeah, totally, once again, this is the goofiness that you want from, a once again, a Monster of the Week episode should be goofy. It should be totally camped up, it should be turned up to 11, and we should not be spending too much time doing anything else. And if there's a loose moral issue, or a a loose societal, you know, sort of message in there, that's fine. But keep it
3: breezy, baby. Keep it breezy. Hey, let's not bring bring everybody down, man. (laughs) we're all just trying to have a good time look the hey this chick is is sewed up to this the old dude's back ain't that crazy yeah. it's crazy you dude. ever seen anything like that you did society never heard of it uh yeah but that's kind of cool let's not break everybody down baby oh where are we going the dead sister's bedroom shit that seems like a re a real downer says the episode
2: <laughs> it's like i know you're having fun but look at this
3: <laughs> you know what i mean right it's like it, it's like somebody who's constantly bringing up the the fact that their house just burned down you know you're like hey i'm glad to see you out oh thanks man it's good to be out i tell you we just uh haven't been getting out too much you know that hotel room's costing us a, a real fortune uh, after the house burned down and you're know, like oh yeah yeah that stinks man I, i'm glad to see you have a have a drink you know we got the the ribs on the grill yeah yeah i tell you that uh uh it's a little close to home used to have a grill. yeah not not sure i'm up for seeing open flame right now so i'll probably <laughs> kick it by the pool a little bit with all the water
2: it's like, it's like- it's like this episode is like a marathon runner that's just really starting to hit their stride, and the episode has ran up beside it and said, "You know what? Just hold this anchor for five minutes. Then you can run again." But you're not like just hold the anchor. Yeah, I know it stops you moving. Uh, I know it's it's kind of weighty, and it isn't a lot of fun. But hold it, come on! Like they're not, and you give it back to me. And what we'll do is you then start running. But in a couple of minutes, I'm going to move back. I'm going to ask you to do it again. it's it's just to
3: be not an anchor it'd be a big cross like every time (laughs) every time it's like oh check it out everybody we got look she's slit this girl's throat probably gonna eat her in the kitchen ain't that crazy it's like "Oh, oh oh hey hey uh here hold this what would you oh oh church oh shit oh god what's oh the sister's missing and the mom's crying all the time and Oh, here's a picture of her when she's a baby cause, oh, it's real sad oh shit Whew. human blood
2: bag, human blood bag run, 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 okay, run, right. human blood bag
3: when somebody pick up all this church shit, I gotta I'm trying to get back to the fuck pit I want to show up with his cross it seems oh, inappropriate
2: I so badly want to have <laughs> so badly want to open a restaurant called the fuck pit
3: so badly <laughs> duncan's fuck so, pit
2: so so bad i don't even know what would serve but i just want it
3: you just then the tagline would be you know we cook the shite out of food yep yep i like it that's it oh uh literally it. so speaking of bringing the the room down the sister yep. is in fact in the bedroom going through olivia's shit and you know, shit. Black Widow is is checking out her her sister's photographs and stuff. I, I, ostensibly, I guess, looking for clues as to where she may be. And Mulder and Scully show up at the house because they've still been investigating. And they're like, "Hey, we talked to the priest, and the priest said that your sister's gone missing recently, and we just wanted to talk to you about it." And the the mother's like, "You know, ah, oh, madre de dios, thank you, uh, you know, because." <laughs> She's real religious.
2: <laughs> and, she's religious, EF bull.
3: Yeah, super. Uh, like she's Shiite Catholic. Um, yeah,
2: she's like she's walking about the house with like so many rosaries around her neck that she looks like Mister T.
3: Right or uh, Jacob Marley.
2: <laughs> i pay the fool that don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> what? You don't believe in Jesus. I ain't no plane, Hannibal. That's sacrilegious.
3: <laughs> I'm a... I'm a Christian scientist. <laughs> I pity the fool who tries to take me to a doctor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh,
2: (laughs) sister act would have been so much better if Mr. T had replaced Big Goldberg.
3: (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) All right, everybody, we're going to make harmonious music. Oh, dear. We got to save the convent. (laughs) I'm bringing in the face band.
2: (laughs) did the singing, they're like, no, we could do this singing thing and enter this this competition where, you know, we'll sing to keep the church open and no, 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 the, like, the A-team are in the basement right. building a fucking a, like, a tank out of rubber bands and use toilet roll holders. Right. Uh, a, <laughs>
3: a bunch of mannequin nuns to distract the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when a playing comes together.
2: What? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I ain't getting no playing at all. Get this fool away from me. That's right. Murdoch's yeah. just like
3: howling mad Murdoch <laughs> walking about like, dressed, I'm a nun fully dressed in the nun garb Yeah,
2: um, so I, I want you to believe in the prayer <laughs> listen to me I bless you I bless you B.A. I bless you <laughs> get this fool away from me <laughs> it's the greatest we're, episode that doesn't exist we're gonna oh. take
3: this on the road our 18 fan fiction we're gonna play all the parts <laughs> It's gonna be
2: cool. all the parts. Po- just me and you. Yeah. All the parts. Po-
3: uh huh. Sometimes the same part. <laughs> Often you We don't communicate well. <laughs> like who are you right now? You're B- no, I'm BA. Because we-, we can't be BA. Because we've never had an improv class and <laughs> something something you would think you would do before a national tour, but you know who's got the time really? <laughs> who has got the time for rehearsal, <laughs> right? Winging it has got gotten us this far.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> so this is it's just in from the Washington Post, a review of the show. Line number one, who thought this was a good idea. Lump of work. fuck
3: says the Washington <laughs> Post. No
2: stars. What the, fuck? The, the, the New York
1: Post says <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, this just made me so happy. <laughs>
3: oh, um, oh, hey, oh, let's put an yeah. end to that uh, and get oh, back yeah, to yeah. this episode. Let's put the cross back on <laughs> oh, Hey guys, welcome back to the show. <laughs> well, oh shit, we're still. Oh yeah, at her house. Oh yeah, mother's crying again, huh? Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so you said so much like Tawly
2: say like hey guys want to get high yeah
3: <laughs> this show would be better if it had a couple of bones in its noggin um <sighs> oh. and M- so Mulder and Scully show up and uh, Shite black widow is like hey you got you got a warrant copper <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. here see <laughs> Listen, Copper. My sister ain't here. See, I got nothing to do with it. See,
2: <laughs> yeah, she's she's kind of one would say maybe a bit aggressive, standoffish, and defensive in front of two police officers. Right, in the, maybe not the best approach to do when you're trying to hide something. But
3: in the face like, of my sister is missing, the mother yeah. thought they were there to talk about the missing sister. And now that they are asking about the missing sister, the other sister is acting suspicious as if she- Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. She's, yeah, I mean, she might as well be like, you know, a Trump cabinet member, Duncan. Zany. She's (laughs) like, do you, do you smell, do you smell bacon? Yeah, she's like, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to pigs. How about that? How you like that? And, uh.
2: Like, all, all we said was hi. Right. All I did was introduce, was, all I did was flash my identification. Seems a bit
3: harsh. Hey, fuck you, pig. Off my property. And. <laughs> Murka. You know I can shoot you legally. <laughs> It's in the Constitution. Get off my lawn, yeah,
2: she, Scully's like Scully's like. I think you may have made up that law. she's like, like that law you made up last week. She's like, sing, yeah, sing, burn.
3: It's a sick America, burn. There, shite, <laughs> Black Widow. Uh, <laughs> and all right, so the, like Mulder and Scully, fuck <laughs> off because they have been thusly told. Yeah, and, and and Scully is like, I don't know, Mulder. Do you think she might have had something to do with it? And Mulder says, "Uh, like, yeah, I, you know, my gut doesn't need glasses, Scully. Uh, and <laughs> I'm see just fine. Goddamn it, She's guilty as sin, twice <laughs> the as pretty. The best thing that's come out of this
2: episode is the township of Brimley." Population, goddammit. <laughs> I, like, I so badly want to see that sign. I so badly want to see that sign.
3: Dern, Just I'm him, him hey, standing beside the sign, arms full. That's folded. what I
2: want. That's what I want. I want Wilford Brimley standing beside a sign that says the township of Brimley population, goddammit. And I want it on a t shirt and I want it in a medium size sent to my house. <laughs> I, I get that. I will die a happy man. All I want is not too much to ask, boy, is
3: it? Yeah, please and thank you, Darren. Yep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's how you do it. You just assume it's going to be done.
1: Oh, dear. Uh,
3: all right, which
2: is uh, I get, which I get the sneaky suspicion is, is Chris Carter's opinion on the the, the potential twelve season of the Exiles,
3: <laughs> right?
2: He's just like already yeah. on site, cruising, and all the rest. And Fox are like, it's not happening. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, it's coming. We mean, Scully's not coming back. Scully's totally coming back, isn't she? <laughs> I know she says she isn't, but she is, isn't she? Oh not no, thank you.
3: Yeah. Oh no, no, thank you.
2: Uh, so yeah Mulder and Scully fuck off
3: yeah and yeah, and so rough. back at the fuck pit where the show oh, oh thanks guys you got rid of the <laughs> church all right, let's do this everybody let's go back to the fuck pit hey guess what <laughs> it's gonna be one of the best scenes all season let's do this and yeah. so and it kinda is cause Babs comes down uh, Barbara she was Babs in my notes sorry uh, yeah. Babs comes downstairs from her Penthouse or whatever to the fuck pit, and uh, she wants to eat one of their blood monkeys. Mm-hmm. And Levinas sounds like penis, but is really <laughs> when Duffy of television's justified <laughs> uh, rolls in and not rolls because he's
2: had the hated control.
3: I I wish I had a better follow-up than just saying... Literally wanted to say that
2: the last three times you said comes rolling in. And I've had it playing in my head and I was like, that was my last chance.
3: It's make or break time. Let me tell you the kind of person I am. I hear that and I think white and nerdy, first and foremost. (laughs) Because I am more familiar with the Weird Al version than I am the original song. Of course you are. Yeah. It's
2: why we love you both.
3: It's... It's a curse. Um, so, yeah, so Babs is like, hey, uh, I want to eat one of them. And Dr. Levinas uh, says, well, we can't do that. These are our seeds because what we got to do is we got to feed them like all these body parts and we got to give them these drugs. And then when we hook them up to us, it not only keeps us young, it actually reverses the aging process. So we'll get younger and not just stay the same age. Which is a great mad scientist plot. I feel.
2: Of course it is. All that's missing is a malevolent laugh and the crack of lightning in the background.
3: Right. <laughs> Boom. Uh,
2: <ca-caw! laughs> it's the sound guy from the last episode coming in this one as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Swing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so so barbara is like go get me some goddamn organ or i'm gonna eat one of these kids and and so off he fox to do just that and then one of the kids stands up and is like you're so beautiful i don't want to see you hungry i want to offer myself to you rather than seeing you without your beauty and she says that is such a beautiful thing i'm gonna give you a gift And that gift is me uh, singing for you while you are... like He kind of performs, you know, Hardikiri, where he stabs himself and starts to open up his stomach. And then the other kids start to pull him apart. And while he's still screaming, they blend up one of his organs, give it to her as she finishes the song... And she finishes the tune with, like, her upper lip milk-stained with his blood. Yeah, And it's a great scene, man. Like, her singing and the way it's choreographed with him being disemboweled and they're making the blood shake and her cutting back to her in this performance. And it's really good. It's a great scene. Yeah. I I will not argue. It's
2: the best thing in this episode.
3: Hey, thanks everybody. I'm glad everybody's having a good time. (laughs) Oh man, we're going to do this all the rest of the episode. We really hit our stride now everybody. No. No. And then...
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) So so tantal... Like Icarus Bow It's so tantalizingly flew so close to the sun that inevitably wings will be burned, wax will melt, and we will come plummeting back then to the banality of the rest of this episode. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I would say for me we, we do I, jump back to the fuck part a couple of times, but it's never going to be
3: as good. No, that's the far and away the best scene of this episode, but it's really good scene. And it's I It's really fucking good, yeah. And you know, we'll we'll get into recommendations later, but I w- I would say it, if nothing else watch just this scene because it's yeah, that yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: it's, I I think I would agree with you out with our Trump satire episode, that scene is easily the best thing we've watched this season.
3: Yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah. so anyway, uh, Levina shows back up and he's got the organs now and then they decide that Olivia, shite Black Widow's sister, is gonna be the next bloodbag that is mm. gonna be sewn to him. Which is kind of cool, you know, I like, we don't need any of this story, really, but it's, eh, it's something. And... <laughs> whatever uh i mean it's as close as we come to that being an interesting storyline it's like oh the sister's gonna be the one but it kind of doesn't matter like if, if it weren't her it's still like well uh, somebody's about to get sewn to him and it's kind of gross and cool um yep but then we we get which i think it, it's it's kind of dumb but Mulder and scully show up at this apartment because surprise surprise they put an implant chip uh or a chip a tracking chip in in the heart that was in this cooler of organs that Luvena stole back from the hospital and they're like yeah we had to loosen up security just so they could steal it and it was like uh ah, that seems like an awful lot of trouble like I, th- yeah. this this all seems a little too convenient but whatever and
1: yeah,
2: yeah it's had to know that, that heart was going to be stolen
3: Right, and how did... It feels like
2: that's difficult to get. like, Because I, I imagine that has to go... Someone has to sign that off. We want to put this expensive tracking chip in a human heart. And then we want to relax the security. Security at the hospital. Because someone's de- designated security to look after a heart they're not going to use. That's shredded up for medical waste if it's not already in the bureau being tested. <laughs> as evidence but no no no. there's a security detail <laughs> Looking right. there, it's like
3: hey well and just from the hospital point of view it's like well we got to have this big meeting where it's like all right danny's got something to say everybody yeah yeah <laughs> hey if you see somebody sneaking into the organ room uh on the fourth floor and they look kind of shifty and then they come out of there with a cooler full of organs just let it go everybody just let that yeah. one go this week i know i've told you to be on the lookout for that sort of thing before this time blind eye just yeah i
2: i I don't want to don't want to like put my rank down here but i have been deputized by the fbi we're working with the feds guys we're, we're doing we're working with the good we're part of the good guys is what i'm saying we could turn a blind eye. Just going could turn a blind eye.
3: And if I see you looking, like even doing a double take, if you see somebody coming out of that organ room, I've been authorized to tase you. Now, <laughs> look, that's <laughs> no joke, everybody. <laughs> there, there, are chance, There's a chance you could poop yourself. So <laughs> let's not. Let's just let. Let's leave that as a hypothetical. Don't. Don't make me do that. So
2: yeah. I hadn't realized that was the line in the the show as well about relaxing security but that yeah yeah when you said that instantly.
3: Uh. <laughs> it's it's real dumb. Anyway. Yeah. So but they show up and they they talk to the uh building superintendent essentially. And he's like, "Hey man, I've worked here for 7 years. I've never met him. The the rent shows up on time or whatever." I it's like I guess they're paying him because they own the building. And he also points out the fact that they've got uh, dumb waiters in all the floors that lead like to the basement and to the sewer. And there are ways in and out of the building without ever seeing daylight. Um, And it's okay. It's kind of a fun little X-File scene and kind of creepy. And Mm -hmm. then they head up to the fourth floor and get inside Uh, where there are no lights on and barbara's there and they're like hey we want to we want to speak with barbara beaumont who was this 85 year old sitcom actress and she's like it's me silly and they're like no we want to see the old lady barbara beaumont and she's like yes (laughs) yes mrs beaumont (laughs) yes And, and the Mrs.
2: Beaumont who steals organs and blends them up to drink them to become younger. Yes.
3: The same Mrs. Beaumont who has a weird relationship with her husband who is sometimes tied via his back to a cute girl that's much too young for him. <laughs> yes.
2: That may be the longest one, yeah. I love that. It's like a whole story. It's
3: yeah. It's the, the more specific to me. The funnier it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, but anyway, yeah. She's like, yeah. I'm, I'm 85 years old. I really take care of myself, and I don't go out in the sunlight. And they're like, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Scully's like, it's, it's called, it's like I'm, I'm a doctor. <laughs> like, and he's not a doctor. Him you know he's he's a guy that believes in conspiracy theories and all that nonsense and we're not buying
1: that
3: right and and so they show her uh, a picture on i think it's scully's phone of olivia and they're like hey have you ever seen this girl and and it's an old picture of her when she's kind of ugly uh in in quotes like not really but hollywood ugly and she like they put glasses on her and (laughs) her hair's in braids Oh bone or killer bo. Oh I know, just Oh my god, she took off her glasses. She's fucking superman. Um I don't know. Uh Clark Uh, Yes. Yes. Are you the Clark kid who's secretly Superman? Yes? Yes.
2: The clock hit who was sent from the planet Krypton by his parents when they were attacked and destroyed when the planet exploded, but sent to the planet Earth because the rays of the sun traveling from that distance would give him superpowers?
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I literally is my only knowledge of Superman. It's so all you need. Had you used that one, I would have been fucked.
3: Yeah, that's all you need. Uh,. <laughs> I mean, the rest of it's all just like, you know, you could do individual comics or something, you know. (laughs) The one who, in an alternate timeline, actually landed in the Soviet Union, became a hero. Oh, that's Red Sun, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. I know
2: that. I've never read it, but I've heard good things.
3: It's cool. Yeah, it's worth reading. Even if you're not a Superman fan, it's it's just neat.
2: Unlikely to be happening now with the whole Russia thing, but um, (laughs) let's move on. (laughs) You
3: wouldn't read it because of the Russia thing?
2: No, I mean an adaptation into a medium like TV or, yeah, you know, movies. It's unlikely to happen for the foreseeable future. You know, just because we're, like, you know, we're all kind of on that anti-Russian bent.
3: Yeah. So, uh, although uh, I, I've been hankering to watch Hunt for Red October as well recently,
2: because you just want to see Sean Connery's awful Russian accent, which is just Sean Connery speaking Scottish.
3: Досвидания. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, Dorf yeah. <laughs> there's a great story where Alec, it's Alec Baldwin that's in that movie isn't it
3: yeah 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 he plays Jack, yeah. Jack Ryan yeah Yeah,
2: Jack well the, 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 if you ever get a chance listen to you can google it um, Alec Baldwin talking about his time on that movie with Sean Connery and basically Alec Baldwin can speak fluent Russian and not only can he speak fluent Russian, but his Russian accent is amazing. And he was talking about how just like weird it was that he was coming in there prepped, you know, do a bit of, do a bit of the Russian and all the rest, and Sean Connery who clearly just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll cut my hair like this, ya prick. <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: I'm Sean Connery, on, not a like, Russian, ya ass
2: yeah I'll keep my hair cut like this and then I will do hunt uh, and then I'll do Rising sun where I will play a Scottish man in Japan.
3: My name is Yoki Haru Isharu <laughs> I'm convincing as fuck
1: oh Sean Connery.
2: <laughs> I'll also start my rock.
3: Uh, also, know, my romantic sure. lead in the movie is 14 years old. It's only legal in the country we're shooting.
2: <laughs> so creepy. So creepy. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know. He's been married to the same woman for like 60 years.
3: It's an open marriage, McLeish. <laughs> Let's not shit that. each other. Don't bullshit a bullshitter, uh, McLeish. <laughs>
2: Oh uh, I can't even remember how we got the Superman now.
3: I've been down on more women than the elevator at a women's prison, McLeish. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh, the irony of that whole sentence is John Curry wouldn't use the word elevator, he'd use the word lift.
3: <laughs> I've been living abroad, McLeish.
2: <laughs> Picked up some of that.
3: Winning (laughs) rule. This episode is stupid.
2: Um, Are you the Sean Connery who (laughs) has been up and down on the elevator? Yes.
3: (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs)
3: On this <laughs> oh man um oh, fuck yeah, what I the fuck is going on in even in this episode anymore oh yeah, yeah yeah so barbara has a real ash from alien moment when she sees olivia's picture on the phone where she's just like Brr! and you know spinning around and whatnot <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sending like a glitchy elephant.
3: <laughs> Are you saying like a matrix elephant? Yeah, the, 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 the matrix, the, the matrix <laughs> elephant. Not like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what when you take the blue pill. When they jack out an elephant in the real world. <laughs> Why would you ever send one in? I don't know.
1: <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> elephant don't oh. need to know the difference between steak and gruel. No. Um... <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> That'll make goddamn robot elephants.
2: <laughs> Westworld season two. Oh.
3: <laughs> never forget. Uh, hashtag never forget robot elephants. <laughs> Um so during uh, so while she's glitching out um somebody one of the kids the blood monkeys attacks Scully and Mulder. Scully gets knocked into a dumb waiter and just fucks off for the rest of the episode
2: yeah, so literally her, her her involvement with this episode uh will be being pulled out of a trash chute for comical value and speaking about God at the end. That's
3: it. Bye, Scully. Yep, bye. See you later. And Mulder uh, is like what? What? I'm in charge, goddammit, right on. <laughs> Finally some things to get done on the X Files, god damn it. Finally and
2: my time to shine, god damn it.
3: It's Brimley time. <laughs> and <laughs> like the worst
2: power ranger I've ever.
3: Be goddamn if I'm the black ranger, red, white, and blue ranger. <laughs> no, it's one color. You can only, I'm the red, white, and blue ranger. Goddamn it. <laughs>
2: I'm the red, white, and goddamn blue ranger. Goddamn it.
3: <laughs> Spilled too much blood in Korea not to pick my goddamn color. <laughs> And none of this flipping around bullshit. I got my Winchester and I got my horse. I'll come at them at a gallop and shoot them right, shoot them right off the back of my horse. And you can do all the flipping around and fancy, certain, so lit bullshit, goddammit. Meanwhile, I will be picking the eyeballs out of our enemies at four hundred yards.
1: <laughs> aye, 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 aye. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and get this little beep boop out of the my way, goddammit. What's her name? Rita uh, repulse what? <laughs> well she kind- some kind of dragon lady, goddamn it! Reminds me of my time in the Orient. <laughs> let's just say there's a couple of brimley's running around in the pacific <laughs> Goddammit! it
2: a couple of asian brimley's isn't that a, a mr tajimura
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh most honorable mustache <laughs>
2: oh don't call that a call back
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's been here for years duncan uh, so <laughs> anyway, that's been your we're, determined,
2: we're determined to stretch this ending out as long as possible
3: yeah, I mean, it's almost over Uh. so, five minutes. yeah I mean, Mulder uh, finally makes it to the basement, somehow gets ahead of the shite Black Widow who has been following him, they yep. meet up in the, in the basement and shite Black Widow stabs Barbara in the chest with one of the uh, gate rods and Barbara dies. And yeah. uh and then that's kinda it. And they uh how does uh Duffy yeah, so, get yeah, so
2: yeah, so um the mad scientist doctor did he gets uh, he gets separated from his uh shape uh, black widow's sister, and then she stabs him as well. She stabs your buddy from what do you call it?
3: justified. Yeah, television's Take, justified, yes.
2: Yeah, it takes her in the chest, and then Mulder just fucks off and leaves this girl, who he has witnessed murder, knows that she's a murderer, he's just like, oh, well, that's the end of the case, I suppose. <laughs> so he yeah. to find Scully. <laughs> it's just like the weirdest fucking scene it ever. It's like, you are the murderer, the murderer that we're searching for, and this sex files that we're dealing with. I have no evidence that people have been drinking blood yet, because we haven't done that part of the investigation. However, however, I have just saw you murder a man who claims that he just t- attaches people at the back and which is not committing murder yet, so technically he's not a murderer and you are a murderer however, um I'm gonna go across you
3: yeah i I I got things to do god damn it and uh, it, it, she does say like one of the other themes of this is about uh the the idea that the life you you lead is built upon the choices you make and because we gotta be on the nosy with everything yep. uh oh, yes the shite black widow says um i know i've, I've got to go to jail i know i've got to pay for my sins but that was the choice i made yeah uh fine and
2: yeah because we're going to bookend the next scene with the sister now coming downstairs and this poor woman whose sole purpose in this x files is to cry over pictures um is do she has her other daughter's picture
3: um yeah yeah shite black widow assumedly is now in prison or, or about, uh, about yeah maybe. and and olivia comes downstairs and see yeah sees her crying and yeah, and again, it's... Oh, hey, that was kind of fun. But dumb waiters and uh, people getting stabbed in the basement. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, picture and crying again. That's rough. Yeah, uh, you, know, you know where we should go to lighten the mood right oh, after no, this? Oh, no. No, <laughs> no.
2: You know, you know you want to go there. You're, no. you're carrying the cross. Oh, you sh- might as well carry
3: over there.
1: Oh, Let's go th- back
3: to church.
1: Oh, shit.
3: <laughs> and... Oh. <laughs> uh. So, uh, yeah, so we have a, a stupid scene at church where Mulder and Scully kind of make up and become boyfriend-girlfriend
2: again? Again, for like the twelfth time this season.
3: And Mulder even says, like, always oh, wondered how this was going to end. And yep. it's like, ah, that would be better if the whole season had been about their fractured or distant relationship or something. Yep. Because none of it's been consistent, so none of it matters. Yeah. And and again, the the scene or the whole episode becomes just pointless <laughs> when well it does. If it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, you know? Um it,
2: one could say it's just a lot of shape, but <laughs> it's a lump of
3: fuck. Um You love that. <laughs> I do like that a lot. And yeah, it's <laughs> all of that stuff is just kind of Dumb and tiresome because it it it's not going to matter in the grand scheme of the last episode. How could it when the last episode has to do the heavy lifting of setting, reminding everybody what the fuck this apocalypse thing was? Yeah, how Scully's kid factored into it? Yeah, uh, how the cigarette smoking man factored into it? How this yeah. other you know parallel organization, the pentavit Um, factors into it Yep. Joel McHale is back we know for a fact that the shitty uh, son's girlfriends are both back in that episode for some reason
2: Skinner must be in it somewhere it'll be interesting to see if he's got a full mouth full of teeth also be interesting to see if Mulder wears glasses in this last episode I bet he doesn't I'm Uh, putting uh, down down cash that they do not make an appearance at all because why would they
3: Right, because none of that matters, and, and, matter. and if it doesn't matter, if we're going week to week, that's fine. Just don't put a bunch of this stupid shit in the episodes about, you know, are they are they a couple again or not? Because yeah. that was there was some of that certainly in the original series, but yeah. it was always just a little whiff of it here and there.
2: The sort of, the sort of thing you would expect when two people that have shared the sort of trauma that they have but work in close proximity and do everything together would have you know that that inclination of flirting that inclination that something could possibly happen but maybe it shouldn't for professional purposes and or maybe ruin their friendship it's, it was always there um this this season they've leaned in there was a whole episode where all they did was fuck uh you know what i mean it's just it's a weird yeah There's so much they have to cram into this last episode and they're not going to be able to do it and it's not going to finish satisfyingly. It's not going to wrap things up either and it will, in fact, end up in a cliffhanger. I know it will because Chris Carter is determined that there'll be a new season and I don't think there will be. Just saying, I'm going to say that me and maybe Fox are in disagreement um, on that one. I can't see it. Yeah. I I, I just can't murmur up the interest at all now to go back to that storyline. I think that's the thing. Like, I yeah. I just, I, there's no, like you say, the the purchase that it gains, the urgency is not there. It's not there because we have not really mentioned it for, well, we mentioned in the first two episodes. You know, this is episode nine finished, so we've went through seven episodes where it's not been important to then okay. finish off back at that place. That, to, to swing it into the conversation about this particular episode, there are a couple of really interesting scenes, there's a couple of really interesting ideas, but I, I feel that overall the episode is is in this quagmire of, of just really bad writing, just really sloppy, really, really, really bad writing where a character can't do anything unless they're going through it in their real life. Um, there's a couple of storylines here that should not be in here at all. I don't know why they're in here, really. Um, and with a bit of time, you know, not even a lot of time, both myself and yourself have flung out ideas already on this episode of how you can remove, you know, shite Nev Campbell lookalike black widow character. Right, you take that storyline out and have a, a full episode which focuses more on the fuck pit, which is the in- which is the really interesting part of this story. Albeit kind of campy at times and stuff, it is the, is the bit that has my interest. It's the bit that makes it an X file, you know. It's like this season really has got like difficulty, and and like I said earlier on, letting its freak flag fly and really embrace the the bonkersness of what makes an X file an X file. And when they have done it this season thus far, they've chosen kind of really boring subject matter to do it on, uh, like those twins that could play. Like hangman, which would result in like you know we're all prepared to go like all in with our chips on that one, but not on this episode. And I don't know why. it, well, me, it feels like this is this is the goofier thing that you could really do. If you're gonna go monster of the week, go big or go home. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to do that because that's that's what the X Files are. You can have all those serious little episodes and all all the rest, and that's fine. I always did that. But you always had the opportunity, your one chance to shine, um, in these seasons where if you did a monster of the week, you went all in. You embraced the the weirdness, and and I, I just think that it feels that every single episode needs to have a message that somehow makes the show relevant. So like a, a society that's obsessed with beauty is obsessed with youth, and you know, will do anything to attain that. You know, how people see themselves, like the, the cult of celebrity, you know, like your five minutes of fame, all, all the all these things are elements that are kinda in here but not really in here. Um and that to me is where it should probably be pushing itself, as opposed to the the, the aspect of aging which is never really fleshed out, out with a couple of ham fisted really poorly written conversations are the whole church angle, which makes no fucking sense here. Yeah.
3: You get rid of the church shit. You get rid of shite black widow. You make mm-hmm. the, the story more about Barbara and yep. her craziness and yes. the relationship between her and the mad scientist husband
4: who mm-hmm. is
3: devoted to her and willing to do anything, including sacrifice others to keep her and and himself young and beautiful. And her obsession with the past and you could do something thematically interesting with
2: that. Yeah, and, and you got yourself an x file.
3: Yeah, so. you got yourself a good old-fashioned Monster of the Week X-Files episode that's really fun and and kind of silly, but also a little smarter than maybe it seems on the surface. Mm. And, and that's what X-Files does well is being a little bit smarter than they seem. It's yes. when they think they're way too smart that things get dicey. Like if When the X-Files gets preachy and didactic, that's when it feels awful. Yeah. When it's making a casual point about something is kind of when it works best.
2: Agreed. Agreed 100%. And I think the because it's a new generation of writers that are involved, there's a lot of new writers on this season of the X-Files, I kind of feel like, they kind of feel like they're trying to cut their cut their chops, so to speak, and put their stamp on it without realising that a lot of the messages that they're trying to do out, the X-Files did them first time around. Yeah, maybe things have got a bit headier in one direction or the other, a bit more sketchy, but ultimately the X-Files covered a lot of this already. And as a result, let's not retread over this ground unless you are prepared to go... Really, really goofy with, or unless you're prepared to actually lock yourself in to a serious conversation, which this show can do, but has found immense difficulty of trying to be everything and nothing in an episode. And it's done it too many times. And this one, yeah, it's, it's not, it's nowhere near the worst of the season this far, but I would struggle to say it's a good episode. Uh, some good elements, but as an episode altogether, it's a bit of a mess. It's a bit of a jumbled mess. I'm not really knowing what it wants to be, um, and yeah, I, I, to to have this episode to have that the the one build up particular scene of the you know the self sacrifice and the almost blue velvet esque singing scene with with our main character is is you know is awesome to have that one scene, but. You have to wade through so much to get there, and then once you've been there, you have to wade through so much to get out. It just doesn't merit for me. I think i i it's not it's nowhere near the worst of the season, um, and it probably is maybe the second best episode this season. But there is a huge gap between this episode and the best of this season. Um, I just i i. In any other season of the X Files, this would be the one that would be like that. Mm, you know, this is the one I'll skip when I'm doing my playback through, um, or just like you said, just have that one scene that you watch, and then move on to the next episode. I just don't think it's. I just don't think it's good. Um, I, I really am at that point. I, I know I've been saying it for the past three weeks now, but I really am at that point now where I'm like, every episode that we now do is the steaming piss on the legacy of this tv show it's like every single week they find another way to leave another sour taste in my mouth and unfortunately i'm being forced to sit here and take it um i mean be honest how many episodes would you have been into this season before you bailed
3: oh i would never have seen this certainly yeah um you never have got this far yeah i probably no i would have watched that first episode and and fucked off and then i probably would have checked in To the episodes I heard were good, yeah, and and that's probably it. I don't. I I wouldn't have cared about any of this shit.
2: I have so much fun chatting about the nonsense (laughs) that we put round the episodes, and then it just reminds me when we have to go back and we come off that that like high, that dizzying high of the nonsense, uh to come back and talk about it. And all all I end up talking about is how badly the show's written I I don't know how you can get it so wrong you know what I mean I I genuinely don't know how you can get it so wrong and I don't know how it could go so wrong you know what I mean I I, I don't understand how someone could write it so wrong but I don't understand how it could consistently be written so I can understand one or two bad episodes that happens in almost every TV show that has longevity you'll eventually get one or two episodes that just don't land Um, but I, I don't understand. It's like literally every week the show is daring the previous episodes to, to outdo it in the stupidity category, and there are fl- this flashes of the Mulder and Scully I want to see in this episode, and that gets a huge tick for that because they've been absent for several episodes in this season, and then there's flashes of a really interesting angle that I want to go down and spend more time with, but. It doesn't want you to have that. It wants to try and be everything. And I think at, at this stage now, we're we're going to go into... We're going to have so much to talk about in this next episode because I just imagine the info dump is going to be massive. Um, and it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. I think Barbara Beaumont is one of the better characters we've seen in a while on the X-Files. I thought she was a great villain. I thought she was, you know so was uh, uh, Levinus, I thought he was was brilliant as well, two really quirky really cool ex file characters that you just wanted. want to know the backstory. I want to know how she found that she could live this life. doesn't tackle any of that at all, you get none of it you get none of it, there's more time set up to explain how Scully found religion than there is to explain how this mad scientist even caught on to this I, it's weird. It's it's like the balance is off. Um, yeah, I I I I don't know what to say. It, it's it's clear you enjoyed it more than I did. Um, I don't think I've done much to dissuade you uh, from your original opinion coming in, but yeah, I, I I don't think it's a good episode.
3: Yeah, I mean we 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 don't disagree about any of that. It's just yeah it's the what's reverse nostalgia like i'm looking forward to it being over and the fact that this episode wasn't the worst of them yeah was enough to to make me (laughs) rate it higher where it's like oh i had a reasonably good time with this episode there's one really good scene there's a handful of pretty good scenes and Mm -hmm. yeah and like you said there's some of the old Mulder and scully even if it's inconsistent uh with everything else that's been happening this season it's still it felt like an old x-files episode you're right it felt like a a a slightly subpar old x-files episode which shines like a diamond in season 11 (laughs) yeah so it's
2: like it's a high watermark in season 11 yeah, it would have been. It would have been a an interesting talking point. Of remember that really cool scene in that kind of boring episode in season five, but in season eleven, it's the oh thank God, <laughs> like, <laughs> thank God you've come along. Um, I was starting to panic there. Uh
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah we we are we are one episode away. though I can I, I can I can almost touch it. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to, to closing this particular chapter of Duncan and Bo uh, going to places and TV shows um, for for a couple of weeks. And just, I'm looking forward to not having to sit down and spend, like yourself, the first five minutes deciding whether or not I think this episode might be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It used to be, yeah. you sit down and watch an X-Files episode and when it got to the end, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it wasn't a very good episode. I wouldn't be daring it to be a good episode five minutes in. I would give it the benefit of the doubt. And now I'm just like, yeah, fuck up. Go make your... Right, there's your fuck up three minutes into it. Right, this episode's going to suck. Um, I don't like being that way, because that's not my outlook when I watch movies. It's not my outlook when I watch TV. But the x has forced me there, so...
3: Uh, you're tearing me apart, X-Files.
2: <laughs> it's literally... That me a Um it, He's a yeah. good actor.
3: Um, Tommy
2: was Wiseau. always Joker is one of the freakiest things I have seen online in a while.
3: It's surprisingly good. Yes. Uh, and and disturbingly good. Yes. Because I don't associate <laughs> good things with him. No. <laughs> I anyway. Um. Uh, hey, everyone. That Hi. is uh not you. Oh, right. Sorry. But also you. Oh, thanks. Welcome. Uh, Thanks for listening to this episode. (laughs) Um, It has been... The longest uh, one yet. (laughs) Probably, but also a really good time is what I was going to say, Duncan. I've had a blast. I've literally Uh,
2: forgotten all the funny stuff I was laughing at, so I'll wait. I'll look forward to the episode dropping or the giggle messages I get from you when you realize you've hit across a particular funny bit in the edit.
3: Yeah. Cause I'm the same way. Like we, we do so much spur of the moment stuff that when I go back and do the edit, that's when I really find out what was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, at any rate, thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, dropping by the Facebook pages. You can find me over at, uh, just, uh, in the search, uh, for Facebook, uh, cause everybody is using Facebook these days cause they're <laughs> under no scrutiny uh type in the search legion podcasts and uh and you can find us there also uh over at the podcast under the stairs you can find duncan on that facebook group uh also on the twitter at legion podcasts uh duncan where else could people listen to you in the near future uh, should they choose to um, so yeah, Podcast on this Stairs that you mentioned, you
2: can find that on iTunes, uh, is also a proud member of Legion Podcast. Um and we've got a fantastic group page, which Bo mentioned, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward, uh, forward slash tputzcast, and uh, the website is com. Coming up, um, I will have an episode that comes out the day before this one comes out, which will be a non-spoiler and spoiler review of the new Soderbergh movie, Unseen. Uh, which I'm going to see tomorrow.
3: Oh, very nice.
2: Very much looking forward to that. Um, and then by the end of the week, so a couple of days after this episode drops, there will be the third installment of my 88 Films Italian collection, which was looking at Umberto Lenzi's uh, gialli by the name of Spasmo. Spasmo!
1: Which is, a, which
2: is actually a really good movie and it makes you wonder why Umberto Lenzi did so many... Questionable movies when he was actually a really talented director. So um, yeah, so that'll be out. Um, and then
3: Umberto Lindsay, busy. the guy who got fourth to the party always.
2: Yeah, oh, well, except with the kind of like people, like people sometimes unfairly judge Umberto Lindsay by his cannibal movie, Cannibal Ferox noting that Cannibal Ferox came the year after Cannibal Holocaust, and is basically a rip-off of that. What people may not know is Umberto Lenzi had made two Cannibal movies before Cannibal Holocaust. So, they just weren't successful movies.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, no. uh, suck it, Duncan. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's coming out, and then like well, within
2: days of that, there'll be another episode out with Jamie G. Salmon's friend of the show, uh, um, and that one's going to be a ton of fun. That one's Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Body Double, and uh, Shattered, a little movie that we covered on Duncan yeah. and Bow way back in episode number two of the first season. Um, Should do be Bob Hoskins and Tom Berenger. So yeah, uh, so that'll be a and ton it, of fun as well.
3: Culminates in the hull of a ship. Does something yeah, that that
2: is the name of my biography when it's been written.
3: I always knew it would end like this. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, a good movie. Shattered's a of real cool good movie. Stuff.
2: Tons of cool stuff coming out. Yeah, that like Shattered is a legitimately good movie that no one's fucking seen. I understand. I well, it kinda of has a made for T V movie sort of vibe. And cinematography but it's an excellent movie but yeah so uh, all of that stuff available through Podcasts Under The Stairs or Legion podcasts along with fantastic, like I, I just want to just say at the end of this episode like I don't think the the feed, the Legion podcast feed has ever been this strong in terms of the quality quantity um, ratio of what's coming out just now, I, I genuinely think everyone has stepped their game up um, and it is a joy to listen to a lot of the newer shows. Uh, finally, on that uh, that Friday the Thirteenth bandwagon, and that's a fucking incredible show. Yeah, yep. so so good. Like to to think that that same two episodes in is humbling to say the least. Um, so yeah, yeah, between them, uh, you know, uh, who will survive and and like stalwarts like uh, Cinema PsyOps and uh, Podcasts on Haunted Hill, who are still just churning out great episodes um, every couple of weeks. I think that's great. And, you know, the new line-up for the podcast, and the new line-up on VD Clinic, and you know, there's just so much stuff just now. Uh, and that's before even get into things like Psycho-Semanticast. I, the, yeah, if ever there was a time to go. Or out cinema to
3: beef and two drink minimum and like all this Yeah, that yeah. Stuff all the stuff that just...
2: Gary does is just a prerequisite. Gary's been doing it as long as I have. Um, Hail Ming, Short Bus Cinema, you know, there is so much stuff just now. And that's before we think of Shodcast, doing the video game stuff. You, if you're listening to me and Bo talk about X Files and you're thinking, yeah, that's a lot of fun, I, you know, I want to extend it. Even if you're not interested in horror movies, which is predominantly what the. Uh, the the kind of roster of shows are there is literally something for everyone on the network now. So try out another couple of the shows that were mentioned and expand it from there. Follow the voices, not the content. I sometimes say, if you find a voice you like, follow that on and listen to the recommendations. Tons of good stuff. Just now, great. Yeah,
3: thing. and and new stuff coming. We're about to have kind of a dirty one, Ooh, a sexy okay. podcast.
2: Sexy boy. Uh
3: huh. Actually called Legion After Dark.
2: Lord, whips and chains. Dun,
3: dun. Yeah, uh, I don't the know if you
2: on the nipples.
3: Have you have you heard the trailer
2: for that yet? <laughs> no, no, I'm so far behind for trailer. I only just got Paul's trailer like this like, last week, I think. Um, so I'm playing catch up on a lot of things.
3: All right, I, I recommend like I, it's not publicly in shows yet. I don't think. But, I love
2: you're just teasing the listeners.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. Like look forward to an ad that's coming. Like I've heard it. It's done. It's just the the getting a couple of episodes in the can before it premieres but um man that show i and i i told misty marchin is is who's uh behind it one of the the voices and and the primary host i believe uh at any rate i i was telling her i was like yeah this is gonna be the most popular show on the network a hundred percent just because it's about doing it yeah and i mean it's kind of like sexy movies but there's kind of a kink Angle to it. It sounds like it it sounds very fun, and I'm I'm very excited to hear it. But um, yeah, so that's coming pretty soon. Um, The
2: only podcast on the network that'll make you go blind.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's (laughs) like after hearing the uh, the promo for it, I was like, "This is sexy." (laughs) Like I was genuinely surprised. Yeah, after Um, listening
2: to the promo and spunking yourself into oblivion. Fully in a sweaty mess on his couch, tells himself off. I was off. Um,
3: dehydrated like a life force vampire, <laughs> <laughs> drained yeah. of essential fluids.
2: Yeah. sat up and Bo Bo sent Misty message saying, "Yeah, this show's going to be number one.
3: This <laughs> it's, it's, this show's going to be big." <laughs> you know? Um, but kind of right I mean like you know it's it's the old the old adage of sex sells uh, it does yeah and I'm very curious I, I'm looking forward to the show it sounds like it's going to be really fun in sex to does sell dirty,
2: that's why I have five pound in my wallet
3: I don't know what that means <laughs> why 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 just is that sexy just leaving it out there alright someone there. Someone explain to me how the I'm people stupid. know both the people know all right i don't i don't know anything anymore uh <laughs> did i mention i'm getting bifocal soon that's right that's right um anyway folks what uh what duncan said about all the shows on legion Podcasts, uh he did all the promotion this week well done sir well played Thank um s- slowly taking over the show one one segment at a time
2: yep that's my plan
3: insidious yeah.
2: um old man bull needs bifocals <laughs>
3: Hang on. Let me lift my glasses. Uh-oh. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Maybe we should bring Canadian Bo back to close the show. <laughs> um, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did I hear something about me? <laughs> Shut up and eat your Tim Hortons. Um, so folks, everyone thanks for listening as always uh, do check out com. we'll be back next week for our, our kind of season finale Yay. as we wrap up our look at the X-Files season 11 so you'll want to tune back in for that because we usually do something stupid for that kind of hallmark mm-hmm. Um, I am, uh, I am currently toying with the notion of a back to the future idea Ooh. Uh, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> we actually we've already talked about this. I kind of know how this is all going to wrap up, and it'll be stupid. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, stupid enough to match the X Files itself. And uh, yeah, and so we'll see you in one week for the last episode of the season of Duncan and Bo Come Correct, aka Duncan and Bo Go to the X Files, aka Population. Goddamn it! <laughs> Say good night, Duncan. Kidney, don't get bye. God damn it.
0: Is my heart too broken? Do I cry too much? Am I too outspoken? Don't I make you laugh? Should I try it harder? Why do you see right through me?